Welcome to our Ted Lasso Talk, the Tedcast. Welcome, all Greyhound fans. Welcome, all you sinners from the dog track and all the AFC Richmond fans around the world. It's the Lasso way around these parts with Coach Coach and Boss. Without further ado, Coach Castleton. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Happy days everywhere. Happy 2024. Uh, we are uh, exploring uh, Season 2, Episode 10 of Ted Lasso, No Weddings and a Funeral. Um, let me give you a brief history of what has happened uh, on this podcast. Once upon a time, uh, there were three Ted Lasso diehards who decided to start talking about Ted Lasso. And that was right after four episodes in is when we all came together and we said, this is an important show we should talk about. And then we recorded almost two full seasons <laughs> of, of podcast delight. Uh, we got to uh, beard after hours and we had to stop because season three had started and uh, we were juggling schedules and that sort of thing. So after we finished season three, we decided to go back and rewatch season, the end of season two. So that would be seasons, uh, episodes nine, 10, 11, and 12. And if you're catching us in order, it means we have finally finished the entire season two, and then slotted it in where it was supposed to go chronologically. Um, and if you're not, if you're with us here in 2024, it means you finished season three with us and, and you're suffering through uh, as, as we finish season, season two together. Uh, either way, we're so happy that you're here with us. We're excited to start a new year with everyone. We are uh, thrilled about our listener community, which is growing uh, all the time. And um, I am your host, Coach Castle. With me, as always, is Coach Bishop. I want to sex you up. Oh, <laughs> that was quite a so beginning. Good. That was quite an open for the... Uh, I, I smiled quite wide when that episode started. That, that cracked me up. Yeah, man. That was... That's... that's we're, well, we're going to get to it. Yeah. Uh, like let's also Solid 90s uh, reference. Solid 90s reference. Oh, so good. Color me bad. Um, uh, and with us is our boss, Emily Chambers. I got shingles. Not, not, I'm not going <laughs> to sing at you. I just have shingles. I, I just like, want everybody what? to know. No, not. I, I just need everybody to, uh, while you're listening to this podcast, I had a cold and then I got shingles and then my cold came back. So now I've got the tail end of shingles and a cold so that's that's where i'm at today well, damn I'm, I'm still gonna be energetic don't worry i still have all the jokes i'm just going to do it with shingles you're like half the age maybe 60 percent mm -hmm. of the age of someone who's supposed to have shingles just to sort of yes. level set here um, yeah. and i also think a lot about how i'm uh uh mr burns disease from the simpsons where all of the diseases are trying to fit through the door at the same time <laughs> And that they, it's the Three Stooges disease. They right. can't get through. And he's right. like, so you're saying I'm invincible. And he's like, no, 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 no. A swift, uh, stiff breeze could absolutely kill you. <laughs> invincible. So that's where I'm at. Well, thank you for suffering through, boss. Um, uh, today, uh, we, are, we are going to walk everyone through season two, episode 10, No Weddings and a Funeral, written by Jane Becker, directed by MJ Delaney. Um, this title uh, is obviously a reference to what, boss? 
the movie Four Weddings and a Funeral. Correct. Four Weddings and a Funeral, uh, which Andy I believe, McDowell, yeah, Hugh, Hugh Grant, yeah. which starts with. It's funny. I I really love that movie, um, and and I showed it to my kids, and it just sort of barely doesn't quite hold up the way I wanted it to. And I think it's because it starts out with like 17 fucks, I think is the first, the first 17 words are fuck. Um, it's like they wake up in the morning and, and uh, Scarlett, who was Hugh Grant's best uh, friend, she wakes up, looks at the clock, she goes, fuck. And she wakes him up and he goes, fuck. And then they just do this thing where they're trying to get to, uh, the wedding on time, somebody else's wedding on time, and they keep getting cut off in traffic and running, and you know it's great. Um, but I think I was more forgiving about Andy McDowell's performance than <laughs> than him. Like when you, when it it feels very um, a little bit out of place. Really, uh, I, I think she's great, but but something about my kids like really reacted to. They're, they're like, this is this is a different. Is she huh. reading a different script? Yeah, and it was really weird. And I was like, I, I but I, and when I wanted to defend it, I couldn't quite, couldn't quite get there. But um, I tried. But that, yeah. that's a fascinating um, experience. I don't know. If I'm, I don't know if I shared this, but we watched House Party. It's a different kind of movie, but we watched House Party with the kid with the kids. They're now both voting age, but um, during the lockdown, it's completely ridiculous, and um, it was really hard to watch with them. Because, like, all the stuff, all the, like, we had such nostalgia around it that, like, the stuff that sucked about oh, yeah. it was whatever. But they pointed it all out. And a lot of it was, like, political stuff. Like, it was, like, socially, this is a mess. <laughs> like, how they're talking about the oh, women's oh, a mess, oh, yeah. the oh. color stuff's a mess. Like, it's all a mess. And um, the police, the prison reference, it's, like, all the stuff that we were, like, at the time, ha, ha, ha. And my kids are, like, yeah, you people were psychopaths. So just... It, it, it is. It, no, you look. You look back, and you go, "Wow, this is this is the world we live." Yeah. I, I told you, I was, I was so excited to show my kids uh, the Big Lebowski, and my daughter, who mm-hmm. has lived through school shooting drills her whole ch- school existence, couldn't get past John Goodman pulling a a handgun in, right. a, in a bowling alley over a nothing thing, which was hysterical to us back then. It was like, "Oh, look at this, this lunatic, crazy right. Vietnam vet." Right. Of course, he's whacked. No, but it was. It's just, it's a totally, they're, they're a better generation. I keep saying it. I, I, I'm, I'm all for Gen Z. Uh, uh, I'm, pr- I'm proud of, I'm proud of who they are. Um, they're a little crazy, a little kooky, but I, but I love them. And I think they're, I think they're great. They, they, um, just highlighting this and we'll get to it in the episode. I feel like they, they don't forgive it. Like they don't forgive whatever the it is that is askew. So I think both our generations mm-hmm learn that like yeah but you know sexism it is anyway that was funny and i think they are very willing to be like i don't give a fuck if it is or it like i don't think that's funny and i'm not gonna laugh at it and i'm not gonna make any excuses for it and i I do like that about them i mean it's hard sometimes because sometimes i just want to enjoy my joke but (laughs) (laughs) but i'm with it you know what i mean i'm with the fact that they're like no, just because most of us can mm-hmm. sit here and enjoy that joke, that doesn't make that joke okay. So I, I and and there's some stuff in this episode that reminds me of that. That like, oh, it was a different time, and it's like, yeah, you can allow for that, but also we have a responsibility to do the right thing. And if you didn't do the right thing, you just didn't. Well, and also just inherent in that, it was a different time means, oh, okay, well then it's not applicable today anymore. 
Like in both cases, you can't say like, oh no, it right. is still funny. Even if I think it's funny, I could be like, oh no, that's not funny anymore. Mm, I get it. That's a good point. Good point. But the, the, we can't tell the kids that it is funny if they're like, no, we're children. We know. We know more than you do. We were raised on the internet. For sure. Yeah. Don't watch movies with your kids is, is really the... Uh... Don't spend time with them. <laughs> don't, as yeah. a rule. Why? As a rule. Right. It's starting I know, with we the have stupid a, uh... reading. Oh, read to your kids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not just that movies are outdated or, or the, the political climate has shifted. It's also... Um, we, have a, we have a family movie that we watch on Christmas, uh, which is The Ref. Have you guys seen The Ref? Yes. Know. Oh, but like a while ago. What's who's in this? Is uh, Dennis Leary? No, uh, I have Judy Davis. I know what you're talking about, and I haven't seen it. I know exactly what movie you're talking about. Take that, Dennis Leary. I have seen none of your movies. You know what? You just you just signed up for a very special episode. Uh, Uh, We're gonna we're gonna. gonna, I want to watch you watch it. Here's the problem with it: it holds up. It is timeless and brilliant. Uh, Ted, the great late great Ted Demi was the director. my God, it's a great, it's a great script. It's a great movie. Uh, also stars Kevin Spacey. Mm, yeah, got yeah. It. <laughs> and, well, oh, and he's amazing. Mm, and he's amazing. Yeah. In it. And the talent is so obvious. And you go, my God, like, mm-hmm. what have we lost? What have we lost, Coach? So Are we ever that innocent? I don't. I I, I don't want us to sidetrack into this because I really don't want to go there with uh, that today. But. Um, d- I feel like someone suggested that some case was adjudicated and he's not canceled anymore. I didn't quite look into it, but I I do feel like I saw something about something being adjudicated, him being found not guilty of whatever it was. But I'll 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 look it up. We can we can we can figure out. We better check our notes. Yeah, Uh, I, I think he's. Fuck! Canceled the fuck. I'm, I, I'm, I'm oh, keeping really? him there. Okay. I well, I don't know about the actual case itself. What I do know is that um, Anthony Rapp, who among other things was in Rent, and then the, also the movie version of Rent, uh, made some pretty serious allegations when Rapp was like 16. But yeah, it, like, is it, that the, the so, is he who was in the apartment with him after some party yeah, or something like that? Because yeah. that was a remember- really skeevy story. I remember, remember thinking, uh, Family you know, Guy season three. They made a joke about oh, trying to kids trying to escape from Kevin Spacey's basement. Yeah, yeah. And, and also like, didn't he just do like an interview? We got to look. We got to move on. Yeah, yeah, we'll, I we'll, thought we'll, he just. Yeah. Did, I thought he just was on Tucker Carlson's like oh, podcast really? as the character from House of Cards. Oh mm. Jesus Christ! So, so I'm like, okay, whatever. It doesn't. No. The point no. is. The point is. There, there. We we talk about this all the time. This is a great. I mean, I'm gonna. I definitely want to hear from the Buttercups in our in our uh, online community. Uh, this is. It's like, do you stop listening to Michael Jackson? <laughs> How I much know. of my life is defined by Michael Jackson music? I'm like, oh my god. Like, so anyway, this is this is the whole. Can you separate the art from the artist? I know it's very difficult. Um, someday when Boss is canceled, what are we mm-hmm. gonna do? Get rid of this podcast? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I was ever subscribed, though. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can be canceled. You can't unsubscribe when you haven't That's subscribed. That's true. That's it. Mm-mm. You're off the grid. Mm-mm. You're off the grid, yeah. boss. Um, true. We open up to... We start to... the TV show that this podcast is about 11 minutes in. That, that's okay. pretty good for us. That's pretty good for us, boss. Um, well, let's, we got a new year. We, this is... 
we're, we're usually at the 25 minute mark by now. Um, we fade up. Uh, this is over. I want to sex you up by color me bad. Put me in a great mood over titles, right? Black over titles is like, oh man, this is this is some quality. We talk about how this is a Gen X show. Mm-hmm. Um, we fade up directly from Black into Rebecca's bedroom. Um, we pan over from her bedside table to the other end of the bed, and we see there's a bunch of you know phone and and watch wristwatch, and all of a sudden we're on Rebecca's back. She's she's lying on her front on her bed, looking down at her back. And she's got her arm thrown over Sam Obisanya, who's kissing her fingers. Boss! Oh, I was just, just going to say, uh, now is the 30-minute segment where Coach Bishop talks about uh, Hannah Waddingham's back in, in great detail. I, I, I've decided to make that a bonus episode because uh, that's at least a 45-minute conversation. But yeah, I was I, suffice it to I'm say, I was fully into this episode immediately. I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do the companion episode. <laughs> Ross is howling, laughing. Um, I'm gonna do the Toei Jimo. Holy shit, this guy is hot. Uh, companion episode because Jesus Christ, he's he how he how is he adorable and like sexually attractive at the same time? That how many people can you say that about? Go ahead, list them. List them. How many people can do cute and hot? Yeah, it's usually I think different. you accidentally just quoted Steve Carell's character about Julianne Moore's character in. Crazy Stupid Love. Is oh, that the one? Holy shit. Really? With Ryan Reynolds. I think that's the exact line. Uh, nice. So shit. apparently only Sam and uh, Julianne Moore. I just don't think it's that. I think I think it's a trick. I think it's a trick. I don't think it's very common. Although, although you know, Juno Temple. Mm, she, she might yeah, have that. Although actually. I kind of feel I, like she. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like she more so alternates effectively quite effectively but i i kind of feel like well as keely at least i feel like we have sort of the cuter moments where she's endearing and then we have the hotter moments where you know she's hot but i don't i'm not i don't i don't necessarily always think those are the same moments whereas with sam i get this like sam smiles and it's like oh i get it like i i could i could see me i could see how one would make some poor decisions staring at that smile Mm-hmm. Uh, when you when you're in a love scene, kissing scene on set, um, so it's funny to look at this with a producerial eye because you know, first of all, they're clothed underneath all that yep. stuff. You know, they just lay down, and she's got she's got pasties on on her front, like they it's like sort of stickers that go over over her front. You cover as much as possible that the, the audience doesn't see to make everybody feel as comfortable as possible. You clear the set. You just have necessary people there. You don't want to make anyone feel whatever. It's weird enough. And these are coworkers. Um, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, right. It's like, how, it's like, you don't, in other professions, you don't like get all that close to Mark in accounting. You know, it, it, it's, <laughs> it, but it's part of the gig and there are right ways to do it and wrong ways to do it. I, but I was always, I just feel like no matter what, as a viewer of this, Hannah Waddingham is 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 ethereal, and she's sort of by now in season two, she's already becoming like a legend, and and you know, sort of growing an international global following. And Toby Gmo, this is like his first big thing, and like I'm just so proud of him to that he carries himself the way he does, that he's able to like 
act with her. She's such a mm-hmm. generous actor, mm-hmm. first of all. Mm-hmm. We, we talk about your partner being your performance. Um, that it's, uh, you know, you buy it. It's it's this, it, it feels like, it feels like they're in it. And uh, I don't know, it made, it made um, some people love this relationship. Some people didn't, but it's, at the very least, it's believable. And I think they both held their own. And um, it was a, it was a nice moment. I, I do love this relationship. And part of what I love about it is the, the stark contrast of it. I mean, you've got the age difference. I mean, even physically looking at them, like he's a dark dude and she's, you know, not just that she's white, but her skin is light. And then she's got all that, the, the hair, you know what I mean? Like the, just visually they're different. Their age in terms of their age, they're different. He's, an athlete like she's just figuring out like her biggest relationship to the game right now seems to be an attempt you know the the attempt she made to destroy this club um there's just so much contrast to it but that what brought them together was what connects them because of the way banter works and i I think that's part of what brought me along and even in the places where it felt like an improbable couple couple which it is that's why i bought it is because they'd interacted they'd found the same things interesting his favorite his favorite movie is ratatouille and she's making sense of that whatever so that was, so it made me root for there's a human connection here that's real that in a way i would say transcends all the stuff that we usually think about right like if you were filling out a questionnaire you wouldn't be like, give me all these opposites, but yeah. it's, but it's right here. Yeah, and you say that it's a, it's an improbable relationship or unlikely, whatever. I forgot what word you just used, but um, uh, uh, that is true in this day and age. It is, but it shouldn't be. And coach, you and I talk all the time about how you have this dynamic, very common for an older man to have a younger woman, right? Uh, but uh, yep. very uncommon for a younger man to have an older woman, which is stupid because older women are the ones that know everything. And they're tremendous and they've survived all the bullshit that the patriarchy has tried to try to break them down with. It it is, it is crazy to me that that is not uh, more common or more more valued uh, somehow. But um, you met, you you point out rightly that, that at least up up until this point uh, it's improbable. And and I'm just putting a vote in for it. Well, it fucking shouldn't be because (laughs) God damn, it works. It works. It looks like. Uh, so I'm curious, boss, do you have a reaction to that side of it? Just the age difference dynamic, older woman, younger man versus older man, younger woman. You know, I'm actually over here wondering why Mark from accounting is catching all these strays when he didn't do shit. <laughs> he didn't do a thing. He didn't do anything. All of a sudden, Castleton's <laughs> coming for him. It's fine. Whatever. Um, I think that it's definitely uh, a, a relationship that m- people are seeing more often, and that is good. Um, I think that there's finally a decent amount of talk about how age gaps can be a problem, although not necessarily. Um, and that especially, I think the writers went to a good degree of care to make sure that this was not in any way coercive or inappropriate or damaging yes. for either one of the partners. Yes. It, 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 there could be a lot of bad ways in which a boss would be hitting on their much younger yeah. employee, somebody they supervise and could fire. Um, and so I do like that 
they acknowledged the issues behind the relationship. I maybe like when Rebecca says we can't date because I'm your boss and I'm old enough to be your mom and I'm your boss. Like, hello. Yes, that is extremely serious. But in terms of who they are as people, I don't see why anybody would object in any way. Unless you're an asshole. Right. Remember when uh, Rebecca went out without talking to Sam in front of everybody at the company and said, like, we're cool dating. We're dating and we're cool with it. And that's it. That's funny. It took me a second to mm-hmm, figure mm-hmm, out what you were doing. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> uh, oh, no, 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 we can't. Hey, oh, by the way. Way. oh, we can't. No, we can't. We can't. We can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, don't don't go any further. <laughs> um, For those who are watching or listening uh, in order. Yeah, that's right. If you're listening in order. She never did that, folks. Um, so um, uh, we're going to... Uh, we're jumping in here uh, in this really wonderful moment. It's a good way to start an episode, as far as I'm concerned. He, uh, Sam's got his, uh, he's running his fingers through Rebecca's Galadriel hair. Um, he says, the last time I spent this long in bed was because I strained a hamstring. That's a real insight into his, uh, into his existence. You know, the, mm-hmm. an athlete, they just plain have to keep their body going. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not, they're not lying around as much. Um, I, I also, I liked, <sighs> And it's been years because, you know, I got married and then we had kids. So that's that. But that, like, you get to know somebody and then you're hanging out. You end up spending whatever it is, the weekend or whatever. Like, you just kind of, like, end up lounging around and enjoying hanging out. And some of it's sex, but some of it's just figuring out what we're going to eat next and figuring out what we want to watch or listen to or read, not really be paying that much attention to each other in that exact moment. Like that, That's a very... Interestingly, this what we're being shown here signals more intimacy to, for to me than if we just showed them, you know, it's night and they fall in the bed and then we fade out or you know, like this this it's to not, me it's says, not hunky like, Luca. Right. Hunky Luca, you know what I'm saying? Hit the bricks, a clean lady's coming. But this is this is a different thing. Yeah, we get into it differently and um it is right, there is a there is a sort of relaxing kind of, you know, they're, they're both happy to they're very clearly both happy to be in this relationship. Um, the question is, do they talk about this relationship um, to everybody? What Sam says, what uh, boss to Rebecca? Uh, says very directly, should we tell people about us? And Rebecca says, Oh, I'm enjoying the secrecy. Right. Usually that's because that's because some, you know, it's tough when one person wants to be out about it and one person doesn't. That 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 puts some pressure on the relationship. What? Why? Why do you want to be? You know? Why can't we tell? Are we doing something wrong? Are you embarrassed of me? Do I not? Um, you know, the, there's the uh, uh, term mo- "moped boyfriend." Have you heard that that term? No. Uh, it's a you know fun fun to ride, but you wouldn't want your friends to see you on it. That's funny. Wow. I mean, <laughs> I'm just, I, I mean, come on. <laughs> I, I, I didn't make it up. I'm saying there, that is a reason why you have right, the, right, the, right. that, that sort of, that's one of the reasons. So, you know, it's, it's this dynamic here sneaking around at work. Doesn't it feel scandalous and fun? Rebecca says, uh, this is maybe her, unless she's got a little, little, little secrecy kink. Uh, no, it's so strange. I laughed out loud. Um, and 
so it's so funny when you get like writing that is inside that gives you a view into somebody's mentality. So I could see Rebecca having fun with this, like be like, oh my god, this is like such a that it would be titillating for her to you know, have a secret thing going on at work. And, you know, meanwhile, Sam is such a sweet, he's such a, he is such a sweet boy. Um, no, it's stressful. I'm going great. He says. I thought too, and I don't know if you made anything of this as she, as Rebecca's figuring out what it means to be boss is, is some of this like, Oh, so this was the kind of fun Rupert was having, and it just struck me as 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 you were sort of oh. talking about, like, is she in a way? She was like the victim of this kind of thing. Is she now getting to enjoy? Yeah, it? I'm not sure that's yeah. That hit me like in real time right it, now. No, actually, and that makes sense to me. I was just going to say that this seems like a very clear example of, and I'm not saying either one of these is better or worse but moralities that are rule-based versus moralities that are outcome-based. So like if what Sam believes is having a secret means that something is bad or wrong or not the best, that's going to stress him out because his rule is secrets are not for good reasons. And Rebecca's like, well, we're keeping the secret because people don't understand. They would think badly about me as your boss sleeping with you or the age difference, whatever else we are not keeping the secret because it's bad. We're keeping it secret because it doesn't impact other people and they don't have to know about it. I I think that's a a great insight. And I've been told before, like in terms of rules, you know, I've been told before, don't, don't get into relationships. You need to keep a secret, which I understood the wisdom of, but I think you're right. But then you tried it and it was a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but no, but really, you know, I think, yeah, I think you make a great point, which is sure. That's one of those rules that probably works for most of the time, but there are times where you're like, yeah, it's not everybody. It's not everybody's business. Um, sidestep to this and I won't do, to go too far down this path, but one of the things I saw uh new year, new you kind of post was somebody saying, let's normalize not telling us everything about your relationship. And they were, you know, referencing Cardi B and all that. And then, and, you know, and Will and Jada, they were just sort of like, we, we don't want to know. And I think the point you make around why we're keeping, we, whoever the we is, are keeping something secret um, is really kind of getting lost in a world where, the, the whole idea of privacy is out the window. Like I, mm-hmm. I looked up a chain, <laughs> culture lap, but I looked up a chain because I was getting gifts for some folks. Whatever. And my Facebook timeline for the past week has looked like I'm planning to outfit a rap label. Like, what the fuck, man? I just looked up one goddamn chain. Like, relax. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, the idea, like, we are so now used to. Oh, I spoke in the I spoke in the same space as my phone. I wasn't doing anything with my phone. I just spoke in the same space as my phone, and multiple apps are now responding to what I said. The whole idea of secrecy is so shot and like twisted that i don't know that we expect any privacy but privacy is important like i think it's psychologically important to have things that are for you 
Yeah, no, no, it's, it's true. And um, uh, we have we have these two uh, kissing, uh, and uh, he says, "I'm going gray." She says, "I have not seen one gray hair anywhere." And we we look at his we look at his hair. He doesn't have gray hair. And of course, I was like, "Don't." And of course, they do. I'm the I know I'm the resident prude. I was like, "Oh my god, how how dare you?" That's preposterous. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he says, "No, no, not down there. It's in my armpits." See, and then. She pulls the gray hair, and I, I'm like, that's that should now we should start the breakup music. That's funny. You, you're not going to be pulling out anything out of my body without a bodily autonomy. Hello. Oh, that's not that was my I, experience I to, of that in the least. I get to pull what? my own damn hair. I'm, uh, listen, I just think it hurts to pull hair. So it's funny because it, it made me. Have you have you had that experience uh, before? Oh you tell me, Bob. You've tell been, me. You you've been pressured gonna... into <laughs> having hair removed at the root in order to maintain a certain physical. Well, Coach, you you kick that hornet's nest. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. I, I can't empathize. I'm not allowed to be be an ally here, boss. <laughs> I mean, actually, I'm, I'm not even worried about that because what I keep thinking is people who didn't start going gray at 22, like the Chambers do. Like, my dad was in high school and had gray hair and pimples at the same time because fucking, of course. Um, Ouch. Armpit hair, nothing. Who? Nobody cares about a gray armpit hair. It's the gray eyebrow hairs that get me. Because you want a thick eyebrow. You want a full natural eyebrow. And you don't want to have to pull out just the gray ones. But you do. Because they're long and they're wiry and they stick out. Like, they're calling for people's attentions. So, that's really the bad one. If you ever see a gray... Uh, eyebrow hair, you feel free to pluck it. I'm giving you permission. Yikes. I, I'm not, I, my beard wow. is fully signed on with the gray movement. Um, but I, I don't recall gray eyebrow. Yeah, but gray beard on men is a whole other thing. It just means more people four years younger than you call you sir. Right, right. Yeah, no, no, it's nothing. It's like ridiculous like, to. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. you're like a wise old fucking Gandalf yeah. or, or something. Like I'm like, mm, I'm still pretty stupid. But, okay, <laughs> but I'll thanks. be sure to you. Yeah, thank, thank you, Greybeard. Um, so she picks Are you it gonna out. start shouting a lot of stuff about how you shall not pass? I would like to see that. I will. I, would, I will shout that all fucking day. That's boss. great. You Fantastic. That's I love great. that. Yeah, that's great. Um, uh, we cut to these guys in the kitchen. Um. And oh, real quick! Has, I just wanted to say the pulling yes. of the 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 armpit hair, which is not a sentence I ever thought I would uh, ever start a sentence with that phrase. But there we are. Um, uh, nor should struck, you. Struck me, <laughs> struck me as another way of showing another level of intimacy. You know what I mean? Like it, it, I don't oh, know. Yeah, they're yeah. just no, no, so sure. comfortable yeah, yeah, yeah. with each other, this and is where so, we, yeah. you know what I mean. I just, I, again, I Absolutely. like that they were establishing mm-hmm. this isn't just like, ooh, you get me off, which. Pretty clearly, they, they they're good at that part too, but it's more than that. Yeah, no, yeah, no, that's. Sure. Um, are either one of you guys? Uh, uh, do you pick at stuff like fingernails or skin? Or yeah, whatever? I'm the worst. I'm so terrible at it. I do it all the time. Um, people that I like, especially ones whose uh, bodies I have access to, I will pick at their skin too, and it's gross. It's super gross. I'm sorry I said it out loud. I understand no, how gross I, it is. No, th- yes, go. This is interesting. 
It actually, actually out, it's like a it's like a very common thing, Glass. Where it's a primate they it, thing. They call it grooming. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I fucking I thought that I was just a gross weirdo no. who was like, oh, I mean, you are, me, boss. You are. I am. I am. I'm like, oh, let me listen. I'm gonna get that back. <laughs> but in addition out of to you, that, you also groom. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I groom. Yeah. No, I'm. I it's like people are like, can you not, not right. do that to me, please? They, well, if it's you gross. you know you know I've I've championed chimp empire before, and there's a whole political. Like, yes, it's grooming and taking care, but it's also political. Like, if you're around the crew and nobody's grooming you, you might have you might have fucked up. Like, you might need to. You don't have any boys. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't exactly have any boys. Right. I, I just want to hug you. She's good. <laughs> She's good. So we're in the kitchen. Rebecca is in her bra. Uh, it's going to be too much for Coach to talk about. So I'm going to take just keep keep going here. Um, she is, uh, yeah, no, no, she's, she's sensational. Right. And he is, he is lean and mean. Mm. He is looking good. I'm just saying, these are, these are beautiful people. Uh, there's a reason why they're on television. Um, so, um, uh, he's, uh, she's making some coffee. Uh, uh, he's like, uh, you know, if we told people about us, that I could do this in public and kisses her neck. Um, you're not going to let this one go. Are you? Rebecca says, no, I'm not. Uh, Rebecca turns around, they kiss each other. You know, we have the weekend off. Sam says, uh, then I'm in. Where are we going, Rebecca says. And to which a third voice enters the chat. Who's this, boss? Oh, it's Rebecca's mom. And she says, how about Greece? How about Greece? Why? I don't Where? know. Where? How? But, I, but now, thanks to you, I can't hear Greece without thinking I am Greece. So thanks for that. Yes, no, that I yeah. am Greece. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> um, yeah, we got to get you to Greece, Mama uh, Castleton, guys, oh, with the I am Greece. You guys would, you guys would love it. You guys, it is, it is. Oh, it's beautiful, beautiful. I'd love to. Um, yeah, it's great. Um, I don't know why she says Greece, but she says it. Is this a reference to anything that we're aware of? No, we don't know. Okay. No, uh, it just seems like a good vacation spot. Yeah, I was going to say, is, is, it like, is that like if the moneyed English people do that? I, I, have, I would have. Oh, less they than no very idea. much do. Okay. Yeah, no, no. It's the it's the Florida of uh, oh, of, so oh, yeah. yeah. It, well, there uh, there's several places, not just the, but historically, it's been affordable and gorgeous. And um, there are certain islands where people just come back over and over and over. They kind of claim an island, and then you know we're always in Mykonos, we're always in Santorini, we're always in you know. But there's there's many, 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 and and more being done. There's two thousand islands in the Aegean. And uh, not all of them are, are, are have arable land, but but so many of them are underdeveloped uh, by modern standards that like you just wonder, my God, in in two hundred years it's gonna be they're gonna be like seventy more islands that are uh, that are gonna people on them. Um, but um, okay, so uh, how about Greece? Rebecca's mother, Deborah, is played by uh, Harriet Walter, the great Harriet Walter. She's fantastic in everything she does. Um, oh my God, mother. Rebecca is shocked. Um, excellent. That's where my spare keys went, Sam. You remember my mother. Uh, they, they, you know, kind of break apart. Sam steps back. Uh, Sam says, what here, coach? It's a pleasure to formally meet you, Deborah. I sincerely wish I wasn't in my boxers right now. Right. I mean, what's he gonna, right I mean what do you say? I mean, in fairness. Is that the smoothest line? No. I challenge anyone to produce a smooth line for this moment. Like, 
you are standing but there still, in your he's drawers. Still polite. Oh no, he's he's, he's yeah, he's he does the best he can at the moment. Mm-hmm. But like, this is suboptimal to say the least. But at least he's, I, at least he's authentic about it, you know. I would like. Um, I've told some stories about my mother before. She's great. I really like her. Uh, you know, there's questionable things here and there, but by and large, we get along extremely well. That woman. Uh, when I first started dating the boyfriend, I was living with my older sister and my mom came over to go Christmas shopping with my sister and the boyfriend had arrived before he was taking a shower because he came right from work. And so I said, okay, bye, you guys, you should leave now because we'd been dating like maybe a month, like maybe a month. And she was like, oh no, I want to meet this guy. And I was like, "Mm, but maybe you should go. Maybe you should leave. Maybe now. And she's like, no, 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 I'm going to hang out. And the poor guy oh, no. had to walk in his towel. from the bathroom to my bedroom, which is just across the hall, in his towel. And my, Kathy was full on like, hi. Oh, dear. Hi, I'm Emily's mom. I'm Kathy. Oh. Hi, it's so, so nice to meet you. He was like, I'm going to go put my balls away in underpants. <laughs> and then I'm going to come out and I'm going to meet you in person. That was wow. great. It was great. It's all I, it's all I need I, to know I, about that, Kathy, right yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. She she gave no fucks. Right. She was like, "No, we're gonna." Meet if this if guy. anything, That's I get stunning. the sense that she Knowing was like, you. "What an opportunity to really just create the most uncomfortable shit ever." I'm not passing this up. She's like, "I actually have some place to be." Fuck that shit. Yeah. I'm not nope. <laughs> I mean, in her defense, I understand. Like, I would take that joke too. I would also I mean, do that. It's, 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 no, it's awfully on. tempting. I mean, come on. It's awful. For those tempting. watching in linear order, we will see a parent uh, in the future on uh, Ted Lasso that really thrives on uh, awkward situations and like creating That's awkwardness. Funny. Uh, one of the best characters in the show coming up. Um, uh, Deborah says, uh, mm, boxer briefs and like clunky exposition. Uh, they leave very little to the imagination. So that's a little inside baseball kind of joke right there. So it, it is an inside baseball. I also thought she is so enjoying this. Like, it's good that you told that Kathy story because she could have made it l- less awkward. And she definitely chooses not to. I mean, she basically says, Love how it's hanging there, Sam. I mean, like, <laughs> God damn. Like, I was like, God damn. Like, I get it. I get it. You can see my balls. Like, I didn't need, yeah. you know what I mean? But, like, she just is like, let me not, you know, leave this unsaid. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was funny. Well, she doesn't even leave the room. I mean, seriously. Like, like they are not clothed. She- I'll see you in the yeah. living room. We talk about the different types of comedy. I really appreciated the physical comedy here of Sam just crouching. Yes. Lower like, what himself. can he do? Like, he's like, I yeah. guess. <laughs> like, oh, past the line of the counter to just break line of sight. Uh, and I thought that was really good. That was really funny, really well done, mm-hmm. well directed, well acted. Also, um, I bought that he thought of it in that moment because he does it kind of like, well, what do I, I, well, I don't know how to yeah, disappear. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's very like, oh, okay, I just, this is the best. Uh, we have, um, uh, he, he says, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. Um, and Rebecca, <clears throat> trying to normalize the situation, uh, very well, mother. What has father done this time? And to which um, 
Deborah deadpans, he died. Um, and we get a shot of Rebecca's smile fading. And this is all now, now we get the intro. And I just want to say before, um, before we move on to other topics that I really appreciate that both of you have referenced balls. Uh, <laughs> before we even get to the time. So, so hold, hold, hold on before we before we go to the, the next scene because I think there's some significant stuff in this moment. One is and, and it matters I think there's a whole you know show about bad dads and all that kind of stuff. One, I, I feel like in the conversations we've had about parenting I do feel strongly that one of the things we agree to when we have kids I feel is taking care of those kids, but like keeping them as safe as we can. And there's something, there's something about, and we see, we see other references to it. There's something about Deborah simply not doing that for Rebecca. And I'm sorry, like it works for us in terms of the show and ha 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 and Sam is crouching or whatever. But this is not how I shouldn't say it like that. But it's this this is awfully judgy. But I'm gonna say it the way I judgy feel it. This is not how a mother should tell a child their father is dead. Like Yeah. She could have said, like, he snores. She could have said, I mean, like, it's so like lifeless and unthinking and there's somebody else there. Like I, it just, it just struck me as like, wow, this is not taking care at all. Um, the other thing I, I loved about this moment and it's very subtle acting, but some of the sh- stuff in this show is just brilliant. Sam also has to process this shocking bit of news. And, and when you rewatch to check it out and you can see him, one processing it and then realizing he can't do anything. And, and based on who we know Sam to be, if that had come in as a phone call, I would see him like putting his arm around her or do, like he, doing a thing, but he's frozen because he's stuck there because he can't stand up because he's in the box of briefs. I just thought it was like a really good way to get a still shot and still have it be that we know how much he actually cares. Hope that made sense. I think that's great, Coach. Yeah, no, it's a good, good catch, um, and, and we'll probably get uh, people who have finished season three will probably have more insight into that specifically with Sam, but um, uh, you know his relationship with his parents and that stuff is explored later on. Um, also, I love so much that you're like, I don't want to sound judgy. But also, when Deborah pulled this shit, like, they, yeah, no, you're completely dead on. That's so cruel of her. Right? I was it's like, so, like, what? not even not gentle. It's, like, actually, like, harsh. Like, are you, are you, are you making a joke about how my dad just died? Because you need to wait at least five years. I'm telling you from experience. It's five years, and then you can start joking about that shit. Uh, but not when it happens. It's so deep that you have that number figured out. And I know you didn't just snatch that number. <laughs> Like, I do the thing where I tell jokes and I know, like, certain numbers sound funny, but I can tell, no, that wasn't that. That was you having done the work. <laughs> you could show us the math right now. It's five years. That's what it is. Like, wow. Okay. How, how, how who, whose dad has been uh, passed away longer out of you two? My dad passed in 2001. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. My dad was uh, 94. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought so. I 
yeah, from the stories I thought. So. You know, uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral came out in 1994. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah? I don't know if we mentioned that on a podcast. And I graduated in 1994. <laughs> there we go. Um, okay, so we are now in the coach's room. Uh, we see the team huddled together. Beer's got a feet on the table. Uh, Higgins standing behind him. Uh, we see uh, Nate's hair is starting to turn gray, it looks like, for the first time. Um, we're noticing that. There's a quick shot of Ted. There's a lot of shared looks, but no one is um, saying anything. They're kind of reacting to what we're reacting to at the same time. It's good. It's always good when you can relate to the characters as they're in the middle of motion. Uh, we then see Keely and Roy, and Keely breaks the silence. So where do you think her father is right now? Um, to which, uh, man, I got to say, before we get into this, just, whew, I I feel after season three, for those of people who have finished, I just want to say I feel very vindicated because I feel as we watch this episode, I, I feel like we're seeing some pretty, um, there's some huge life moments between these two in mm-hmm. this episode. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, I'm, okay. Whatever my expectations were or will be in the future are, we're very, we're like sort of reinvigorated by the, by rewatching this episode. Um, if you run, if you're running it in line, if this is the first time, you're coming at this episode with us um, in order in season two. We really get an insight into the closest of Keely and, and Roy and what, like where their relationship is. And, you know, because certain things that are discussed are, it's not pull, pulling the hair out and the, you know, the comfortable mm-hmm. getting to know you honeymoon mm-hmm. period. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, like w- practically mm-hmm. if this, ha- let's start making actual life plans. So, uh, where do you think her, her father is right now? Keely says, in the drawer of a funeral home. Roy says, no, I mean, like, spiritually. And he says, repeats, in the drawer of a funeral home. Which is, okay. All right. We're getting, this is all, again, we, we've said this view. many times. The characters are drawn so well. Mm-hmm. We can probably have guessed what each person's take on this. Right, boss? As much as, even even uh, boss, as the as the resident member who was, is le- as less pleased with uh, season two, I don't think you would have any, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think if you had to write this scene, it wouldn't have been as far off as what we see because you know the characters, you know the archetypes so well. I think you'd be able to sort of predict each person's take on death. If this scene needs to be written, this is the way it would be written. Yes, correct. Like, again, I might have... uh, on different storylines, right? But right. if, oh, if they want to present this scene, yes. Okay, I'm saying if you they, would know. You would be able yes, to. Yes, the characters are so well drawn in general that you would have some insight into you know what you think, how you think. It, yeah, if you asked me where I thought Roy Kent thought people went after they died, he would say nowhere. Right, like nothing happens. You, yeah, you're just then you're gone. Um, it's funny because I was watching this and uh, rewatching it before the podcast uh, this morning and. Uh, Juliana came and sat down next to me because she had somehow fallen off Ted Lasso before this point. And she's like, oh, I've never seen this. And as she's watching, she went, ah, yeah, okay. She's like, it's perfect. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, it's all the good stuff is gone, and now it's just perfect. 
it's like like everyone knows what they're going to say it's written perfectly it's it's tight it's concise it's a, it's it's re super on the nose because all the yes. sort of subtlety yeah. is gone you know what i mean but but i was like oh that's such an interesting like r- rapid reaction of hers where she was like oh okay yeah this isn't what i remember i said lasso now i see what it's become she's like i see why people like it it's it's perfect. There's nothing. It's so well written. It is so crisp. It's so clean. But all the magic has almost been boiled up, boiled out of it. Or yeah. You know, actually, that's interesting. I love that she said that. I love that she picked up on that. This is um, for me how I believe Chris Evans is so attractive as to have actually made him bland and boring, and I am not attracted to him because of that. I think that there's a tiny bit of that for me. I'm not saying that this is about the show itself, but I'm saying on the show, the characters are extremely nice and kind and do the right things. And because I am a, a, a dark person on the inside, um, uh, I there's nothing for me to latch onto with that. Like, it's just it, like, you're too pretty, Chris Evans. I can't, how am I supposed to be attracted to you? You do I, nothing to my credit score. Coach, do you believe that people like that? It's so hard for me to... Un- so listen, one, my friend and I were playing a video game and there's like a, a morality sort of code in the game. It's hard to explain, whatever. It's for people who know it, it's called Baldur's Gate 3. It's just a game where you go, it's like a Dungeons and Dragons thing, but you get these followers that join you. And it's, at one point, one of the followers, <laughs> we're telling this to another friend, like one follower, he just was like, fuck you guys, I'm out of here. This is a computer NPC. And he could not stand being around us anymore. And the guy's like, oh, that's because you're nice. We're like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, he's evil. He's a bad, he's bad. He want, you probably didn't kill someone that you, that you, you had the option to kill someone or let them go and you let them go, didn't you? We're like, yeah, we always, like, we never kill any, you know, he's like, you're a bunch of Boy Scouts. And this guy can't have it, which is, I'm like, oh, so it made me think of you, boss, where it's like, oh, okay, so there really are people out there. <laughs> like, like, yes. oh, like, this guy was so s- disgusted with our niceness that a, comp- a fake yeah. character <laughs> pieced out. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> huh. <laughs> I love so much that essentially a robot a binary code with absolutely no yeah. idea about the outside world was yeah. like, ah, uh, you bitches are boring. Yeah. Yes. I gotta go. Great. I gotta go find something fuck, more interesting. Fuck your help economy. Fuck your help lo- economy. <laughs> That's great. Listen, man. <laughs> All right. So I, go ahead, I'm looking go for ahead. a help myself economy. <laughs> um, no, I was only going to say that I uh, played the Witcher three. It's one of my favorite games. I love it so much. There's a scene where you save somebody and then after that they start telling you a story about how grateful and wonderful you are and some other stuff. And I peaced out immediately. Like she was trying to tell me her backstory and I'm like, okay, I got to go. I got mountains to jump over and shit. I can't listen to this. I love that. <laughs> Took I off. love that. This is all, this is all totally foreign to coach, but um but yeah, he would. Yeah, he would I'm the person. I have on multiple. It hasn't happened as much because we don't go to as many parties any, you know, as we did when we were in our 30s. Um, but I, Daphne, would laugh all the time because I'm the person who like we go to a party and someone so's parent happened to be in town, and so everyone's partying and I end up in the corner talking, uh, you know, so and so's mom for two and a half hours. And she's told me, <laughs> you know. 
her college years. I know, I know all the jokes now. And Daphne was like, Orlando, friend to the elderly and infirm. And she used to call me that. It would be so fucking funny. And I wouldn't consciously, like, it was like I was trying to prove anything. But it was just my instinct that I was like, oh, hey, you seem to be alone. I'll come sit next to you and listen to pretty much anything you feel like saying. Um, so, yeah, the, the idea of, like, I don't even skip the intros on shows. Like, that, I drive Daphne bonkers. I'm like, it's part of the experience of watching the show. Please do not do that. <laughs> She's oh, like, you're a crazy oh. person. Wait a second. And I'm like, Hold no, on. really. I, Did like, you when- just equate those two? Did you equate talking to old people at parties with nuts? I wasn't equating it, but I see I see how you got there. But no, I, I see oh, okay. it as just what, like, what made it's you part ju- of the, ex- made the like, I'm just in the, in the experience. Like to me, is that's the experience. Like that's what I'm doing right now. Okay. Oh, I'm watching okay. the show. So I'm watching the show. If I'm talking to this person, it isn't like, oh, I'd rather be over there, you know, playing beer pong. It's like, no, I'm over here talking to this person right now. Like, it's fine. And I'm, and I'm curious. I'm, I'm actually curious to hear what they have to say or, yeah. Is there any part of that that is also that you don't want the person to feel overlooked because they're putting in a certain amount of effort. Like if somebody comes to town, you're like, Oh, well this person isn't here all the time. I want to fucking talk to them. And if somebody's in the credits, you want to be like, they worked on the show. Like, I think I want to acknowledge. That. I think, that yeah, I think there is. Yeah. I think there is some, yeah, I think I would have to think through like the, you know, detail of it, but I think you're on point there that that's part of it. That does resonate with me. And I, if I'm with other people, I'll let it go. But when I go to the movies, I usually stay through all the credits. Like that is a thing. Oh, I do. of course you do. <laughs> oh, you're the sweetest. I thought I was nice, but, but I don't. I, I I skip credits. So see, I don't think credits are an inherent part of like a title sequence. Um, I think is utterly unnecessary, and it's and sometimes it's only contractually necessary. Right. It's right. only there. Because of the way the industry's run and certain people already have it in their rider, they need, you know what I mean? So then, okay, we got to put the, if we're going to put the you know, executive producer, we better put, you know, or they're going to have their, their masthead. So, um, but I, I don't like being interrupted in a story by credit. So I'm always jumping forward as fast. I'm like, get me to the story. I don't give a shit about your corporate shenanigans. You know what I mean? Get yeah, no, I totally story. get what you mean. I think you're probably with you know the majority of sane people. I, 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 I'm not, <laughs> I don't pretend for a moment that it's normal, uh, but yeah, no, it makes sense. So, all right, so we're in the drawer of the funeral home. Roy doesn't think you go anywhere after you die. Ted says, you know, you know, growing up, I used to believe if you did good things, you went to heaven. Did bad things, you went to hell. Nowadays, I know we all just do both. So wherever he is, I hope he's happy. Which is that's that's. It's okay. I like that. It's, it's got some perspective. I know I grew up in a in a in a much more binary time. You know, it was very common. I grew up. Religion was a was a much more of my life than it is now. And so you you know you you would certain things were ascribed to death, and you would oh okay that's I guess that's the thing. Um, it's funny that one of the reasons I think and I've said this before was uh, that I sort of stopped being religious in second grade was uh sunday school teacher i never tell you this i think i'm sure i did but it was when they it, they mentioned she mentioned hell in when i was in sunday school and i was like wait what i, I was seven wow. and i was like huh i hadn't heard really? of this concept of hell. and she was like oh yeah you know if you go you know like lake of fire and you burn for all eternity and anyway let's move on kids we're gonna talk about <laughs> i was like wait wait hold hold 
the fuck? Hold up. Bum, 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 bum. I'm like, wait a second. Wait just a, one minute. And I made such, I stopped Sunday school to be like, you need to clarify. Because I was like, you're, this is, I'm like, this is canon. You're, you are the Sunday school teacher. This isn't like a theory. I'm like, what are you talking about? And, and I didn't, I'm sh- I don't know. I'm sure. I mean, anyway, you, 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 you may have. I mean, it feels very, it feels very Castleton, like this reaction. Yeah. And the fact that like, yeah. you weren't like, oh, I have questions about that. But like, like yeah, yeah. no, yeah. no, needles. Yeah. I was like, what? And I'm looking around like, did <laughs> you <laughs> listen to this shit? Right, yeah. right, 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 right. Are you, wi-? and they're like, yeah. Like everyone's like, uh-huh. Like, yeah, hell, like, yeah, it's bad, bad place. If you're naughty, you go to hell. And then the the pastor, this is a Lutheran church, the pastor is looking in, like the assistant teacher went to get the pastor, the pastor looked in, and then, uh, the, oh, oh, I, I, I didn't tell you this. this. The, I mean, so you may have, but I, this I is... got my ass beat. I mean, beat. Oh, my like, God. My, my dad found out that I had stopped seriously? Sunday school. In the parking lot of the church. No. So like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and listen, I, martial punishment was part of my childhood. This was not atypical, sure. but this was a this one where it was like, we're not even gonna wait till we get home. You getting it? It's like, shit. how wow. fucking dare you? How dare you? Wow. In church, question anything. You shut the fuck up and you listen. You don't have a thing, coach. Yeah. No, no. I'm hearing this. I now I do think. Like, I remember this in a general kind of way, or maybe you didn't tell that last. I don't know, but because it is kind of coming back because I started to tell a story and I was like, and I think I've told this story. So I'll, I'll do a, an abridged version, but short version uh, for years and years, my reverend, who I'm still friends with, actually just visited with him uh, briefly over the holidays. Um, now in his 80s, um, he he was our Sunday school teacher for the longest time. And then they decided to like move things around. So this woman was going to be our Sunday school teacher. So we're in and we're talking about, you know, the angel comes to Mary and the, the Sunday school teacher asks, well, what do you think Joseph said when Mary told Joseph? And I said, without missing a beat, was me. And that was. <laughs> <laughs> that was very much not the answer she was looking for. Now, with my reverend, he would have laughed. Like, it would have been, he would have laughed and he'd been like, right, oh, yeah, right? You know, like, he would have run with, yeah, these are people in this story and what are the feelings? She was much more on the canon uh, side of things. And so I got put out of Sunday school. I got kicked oh, out Christ. of fucking Sunday school. And I remember being like, what? what? Uh, uh, what I? So, yeah, so we had to, I had to go. I went back, even on my own, I went back and apologized. And I was like, I was not trying to be bad. Like, I understand that you didn't like that and I won't do it again, <clears throat> but I really do think that's what Joseph would have felt like. And I was really making that point, you know, but yeah, I got put, I get out, out. I, I, I was, uh, I was, uh, brought to apologize to the pastor for the, I was brought to church to apologize to the pastor. Wow. My dad standing behind me, me in a chair, Looking at the standing pastor in front of me. So these two men are standing over you as you apologize yeah. for asking about. Hell. No, no, no. One behind me, one in front of me. Oh my god! And I thought I was seven years old. I thought he already gave me his best whooping. I'm not fucking apologizing. 
And I just sat there. There's a scene in A River Runs Through It. I don't know if you've ever seen A River Runs Through It. You ever see that scene? I don't remember. The young Brad, I don't, I mean, I the saw young Brad Pitt. De- literally. They all, it's a very religious, very religious family. Father's a preacher um, uh, played by Tom Skerritt. And the young, the young Brad Pitt character um, is, is the younger brother, very stubborn. And um, they sit at the table and he's not eating his oatmeal. Little boy's not eating his oatmeal. He said, you'll sit at this. You'll, you'll sit here until we're not going to say grace until you've uh, finished your oatmeal. And they sit there. They sit there. The kid will not touch his oatmeal. He will not touch this oatmeal. Then they show the, the, the family has left. The, the day goes on. It's now nighttime. Father's looking out the, the window trying to figure out what to do. It's night. Kid is sitting in front of that oatmeal. The spoon has not moved. Right? And they all go back to the table. It's just silent for a sec. And then the father says, Grace. And they all get up and leave. And the little kid leaves. And I was like, oh, that's it. The kid, it'll never, you know what I mean? Like, it's never. And this is what happened with me. I'm like, no, you're like, I am not going to apologize for this. I'm not going to apologize for you popping hell on me and nobody told me and i still have no clarity about it right what am i apologizing for right asking a question i'm like no we're, we're not so anyway um i would just say like uh there's it's it's in it, i guess it was the same way when you say hey that's not how you find out how your father died i was like wait that's not how you find out you're yeah, gonna no, burn that's not how you find out. yeah that's not how you find like, out wait, about i'm hell. gonna burn in eternal health or uh, i'd say a lake of fire yeah like, can we I'm like, can we, can we discuss this like what is happening yeah. like, what oh, shit. yeah and everyone just goes along riding down the mm-hmm. we're all gonna burn in eternal lake. i'm like what is going on <laughs> i number one i cannot believe that that was how you like i don't remember learning about the concept of hell uh, but I cannot fucking believe that it was like that. Where it was just like, yeah, no, you, you might you might spend all eternity in hell. Um, also, I can't believe that the two of you have both been kicked out of Sunday school. Granted, Isn't I didn't go funny? to Sunday school. Yeah. But I should have been That's kicked really out. Who's, who's the badass now, boss? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, so here's the thing. I was iffy about <laughs> religion in general in afterlife. Like, not sure about it. Um I didn't get tricked. I was not tricked. But a friend of mine was like, hey, do you want to come to summer camp with us? And she meant church camp. And that's fine. She was like, there's like some church stuff, but it's like not that big. It was. It was. It was most of it. It was fucking most of it. And also it was like evangelical white church, which is very different from different ones. Yeah, that's a whole thing. It wasn't even the worst church ever, whatever. I just, I was not like... At some point in the week, I was like, these people are fine. Like, I don't have an issue with it, but I'm still not sure about all this. And then... When we did a youth group meeting after spending like an hour and a half uh, in choir, like we were all just singing songs about Jesus for an hour and a half, 90 straight minutes. And then we had to go talk about Jesus after that. And the youth group leader was like, just in case anybody wasn't sure what we just got done, our celebration of Jesus or celebrating him. That is what heaven is like for all eternity. We're just praising his name and just singing out to him. And I thought, well, I'm not. I'm out. I don't want to do that. That's. I don't know why you would use that as a selling point. It's not helping. So it's just. It's just that, huh? Uh, Is that. I mean, that was, wait. That, don't wait, get me wrong. That was. That wait. was very nice. That was very nice. But. Wait. I don't get to do anything fun my entire life because Jesus doesn't like it, and my reward is that I get to do that. No. No, thank you. Well, but you didn't. You just had that internally. I remember being in those types of things. And then back then, if you were like, 
you know, even as I got older, you'd be in rooms like whatever, various rooms, just life puts you in these rooms with a lot of religious people, whatever. And if you're like, uh, like, they'd be like, oh, and Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I'm like, oh, so, like Jesus, like 2000 years ago, Jesus, like, right. Like not like 2000 years ago, G Jesus, right. Like not like, not like Jesus, like last Wednesday, Jesus, like, but you couldn't question that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I don't understand. We are like, what is, I would, I, I just, all, no matter what you said, if you dissented in any way, oh, and I yeah. remember the teachers were the worst ones because they were fully indoctrinated. And then, and then, um, you, you just couldn't, uh, even if you just wanted to talk about it, let's say you're, you're curious and you actually had more questions. That was not okay. That right there was a transgression. And so, and then people would look like, I remember my friend, my friend looking at me and shaking his head. And I was after class, I was like, what are you shaking your head for? He's like, cause you're going to hell. And I was like, how do you know I'm going to hell? That's really I'm like, funny. how does he know I'm going to hell? How do I know that you're not going to like who? Right. I'm like, I don't this understand. This is all crazy. I didn't, I didn't even know there was a hell until 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Now I'm going because yeah. I asked now, what the fuck. Because I asked on. a question. And that was in high school. I asked a question. I said, oh, you know, how do you, if no one's ever died uh, and come back to like tell the tale, uh, out of curiosity, has anybody, like, why can't I just say, but, and they were like, what? Are you crazy? Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like this is the like the this is what the Gen Z of it all that we yes. referred to earlier. Yes. Like they, they're that's not doing energy. this thing that we did. That, yeah. That's their right. energy, and they're not willing to just say, "All right, fine, mom, fine, dad, you say that, then okay, right." They, they really are just like, "No, that doesn't make sense." And what the fuck's a lake of fire anyway? Um, but the, the, a line that struck me, and we can move. But if in uh, one of my favorite Jay Z songs, "If I Should Die." Um, he says, can I puff cigars and drink his crystal? If this is heaven to me, is this considered heavenly? So when you, when you mention that singing and them saying that's what oh, heaven yeah. is like, I do wonder, like, I mean, you, you raise an interesting question, right? Like if I don't enjoy that, if I didn't like what just happened, then what am I working toward now? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> Right. I don't. I don't want right. to be judgmental, boss. But like you, not enjoying a lily white evangelical all whites only picnic, uh, boy, I, it doesn't get much better than that, you know? Really? Yeah. No, I know. It's so much mayonnaise. You wouldn't fucking believe it. <laughs> so so fucking everywhere. Not, they put on so music. There was not mayonnaise. a rhythm. No one had rhythm for three hundred miles yeah, in any no. direction. Just a bunch of awkward you hips. You know what's fucking amazing is that those bastards found non-buttermilk ranch. They were like, no, that's too much tang. We can't have that much flavor. We need <laughs> we need plain ranch that's if you like can me. get it. What are you, no nuts? That's funny. All right, so uh, we, we find out what Ted's uh, take on this is. Uh, 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 we, get, we get Higgins. I'd like to imagine a heaven where animals are in charge and humans are the pets. And um, Keely makes like a Keely, – Keely is in favor of this. Uh, he says, I'd like to spend eternity, uh, eternity curled up in front of the fire at S Sydney Clawford's feet, which is which is sweet. Uh, Higgins is just very, very sweet. I, I, I like this quick foray into everyone's view of the afterlife. It's not insulting. It's not it's not pedantic. It's just like, OK, well, here's what I, I like. I think Ted's take is a nice uh, it's not lukewarm in the way where it's not uh, where it's fence walking. But I like that he's he's reflective enough to say, 
we all just do both. I know we're all good and bad. We're not, there's no such thing as like an all good person or all bad person. You know, like it's not. Um, so, so I do like that take. Um, Nate says, I'd like to be reincarnated as a tiger and then ravage anyone who looked at me wrong. Huh? The fuck, Nate? And, 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 and we definitely get Ted going, hmm, like, okay. Like, that's a lot. I think it's also yeah. not because there could be different versions of that tiger, right? There could be the version of that tiger that protects everyone I love. There's a version of that tiger who, if you threaten my life, right? But he he says, ravage anyone who looked at me wrong. So that means any infraction, even not an actual infraction, just I don't like it is enough that I would kill you if I had the power. Um, so yeah, as long as we're taking glimpses. That's, that's exactly the type of power that you want, a person you want. Oh yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, like 100%. Would you yeah, just say? Him, so yeah, yeah that's, yeah. it's, that's quite a glimpse. All right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Ted notices it. Um, beard is sort of nonplussed. Um, you know, if you weigh a person's body right after death, it's 21.3 grams lighter. And some say that's the way of the soul says beard. Um, isn't that the movie 21 grams? Like, that's a, yeah, that's a, I'm, I'm, yes. Um, Roy, I love this. Roy says, what here, boss? Whoever figured that out clearly weighed someone, murdered them, then weighed them again. You live, you die, you're done. Good night. I love that. Yeah, whoever figured that out <laughs> clearly weighed someone, murdered them, and then weighed them again. Um, I his, mean, yeah. Like how well, it, unless you're murdering somebody on a scale, how else <laughs> are you actually going to be able to figure that out? Exactly. <laughs> 21 grams, 21.3 grams. You you could tell the difference between a 0.3 grams from when somebody's alive and when they're dead. It makes Because then you murdered them naked. You murdered them naked. You put, you put them, got them naked, put them on a scale, weighed them, murdered them, weighed them again. Murdered them. And also, also, depending on the murder, you're going to have blood. Like, how do we not know that it's just the regular blood loss that's going out? Murder, murder, murder. Change the fucking record. That's from a uh, hot fuzz. Listen. Oh, I was like, um, what? It makes this has this has okay, uh, got it. Yeah, yeah. This is this has this is giving me shades of um of the Nick. You ever see the Nick? The show The Nick? I, and that's no, where you I put, yeah, you I put that on my list. I haven't made it there, but you did put that on my list. Yeah, once upon a time. That that this feels like the type of place where this this experiment would uh you know, Mrs. Jones is about to expire. Let's get her on the Get around a scale. Get scale. Um, okay, so uh, Roy walks out after his. He just he doesn't he doesn't cotton to a lot of uh, a lot of banter about this. You live, you die, you're done. Good night. Good night, everybody. Um, he walks out. Keely says, "What, boss?" He's on his period. I I'm curious if, if you made anything of that joke. I felt like it was one of those like I can say that because I'm a woman. Was kind of like the way yeah. it landed. Like if anyone else in that room said that, it'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, I, I think, and I don't know. I, um, I am much more forgiving of some jokes when you know where the humor is coming from. Uh, there was, uh, a, a, you know, uh, during um, the Black Lives Matter protests and everything else. Uh, a lot of shows went out of their way to pull episodes that had blackface, which sounds terrible because some of them were super old timey shows where the blackface was 
wildly offensive. And you were like, well, why did you have that on your website to begin with, Hulu? What was happening? Right, 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 um, right. Why did we need this mm-hmm. moment? Right. Wait, blackface and is wrong? I, I, it's a thing that we learned <laughs> in 2020. Coach, Coach actually, uh, my daughter's favorite uh, um, Marvel superhero, my 10-year-old, is uh, is uh, Black Panther. And I called Coach. I was like, it's, it's cool for her to wear Black Panther, right? Like, yeah, it's a superhero. And yeah. he's like, I mean, just, you know, man, no, no blackface right I'm like coach, yeah. I'm not gonna. That's he literally said that. To, I'm like, you got to You got to just. If you're listen, if you are the person who is gonna vouch for the costume, if you're gonna be like, yes, no, I am approving that. You need to include every character. Yeah, I, I would say Orlando Bishop said and this was fine. Yeah. <laughs> it was so Here's funny. His number. He, he said it was fine. His coach was so exasperated. Like, come on, man. I'm 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 like, further well, along than that. That was funny. Yeah. He's like, don't kill any grandmas. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I know. I've done a little work. <laughs> what if what if she accidentally killed a grandma and then he doesn't want to get stuck with that? Absolutely. Anyway, um, I think, uh, it, and I understand, and I'm not trying to be like an old, crotchety, grouchy kids don't understand humor these days, but there were some episodes where the person wearing the black face was the one being mocked, not like black people in general. Uh, I'm thinking a lot about it's always sunny in Philadelphia where every single character is the worst fucking human being. They're vile, terrible people. That is the point. That is the point. point. When Mac says, Oh no, 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 I can do it because I really care about the character. You're like, Hey Mac, you're a fucking idiot. I love you so much, but you're an idiot. Anyway. But, but so my point of all this, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Cause I have another example, but say, say, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Only that, um, when Keely says it, if Nate, right after saying, I would be a tiger who would kill people had said something about Roy's period, entirely different vibe. Her saying like, Oh, by the way, actually men get hormonal and bitchy and he's on his period is just funny. Agreed. And I thought that, um, so an example, two, two things that came up during that time that I was like, see, this is why you can't just have bright lines. But then there are people who, of course, if you don't have a bright line, will always figure out how to be assholes. But there's an episode of 30 Rock, I'm sure the two of you remember, because I know you both knew, know 30 Rock, where they where you have Tracy and Jenna doing and I'm sorry. That's one of the funniest goddamn things I've ever seen in my life. And you can call me whatever you want to call me. You can cancel. Wait, 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 coach, ass. coach, hold on. You left out that you buried the lead. You have Tracy and Jenna doing each other. Or basically white him doing white woman. You can't you can't talk about that at work anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing each other. Yay, yay. But um, so, yeah, so Tracy dresses up as a white woman, white faces it out, the whole deal, blonde wig, absolutely as ridiculous as that sounds. And Jenna, Jenna, right? Isn't that, am I? Yeah, Jenna. Jenna. Yeah. yeah, and Jenna shows up in blackface. And she's doing like Silver Streak, Richard Pryor, Gene Wilder kind of like shit. And I'm sorry, man. Like say what you want. That shit was funny. It was funny. And 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 like you're pointing out, the entire point was these two are insane. This is not a way that we have this conversation. So to get rid of it, like actually it's almost like the opposite well, of what we yeah, should yeah. be doing. No, no, it's the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You gotta look at intent. You gotta look at intent. Yeah. Um, also, as long, like before that- we go to the next topic, real quick, Tropic Thunder was a fucking classic, and I know a lot of black people will hate that I said that, but it was funny, and again... <laughs> what do you mean, you people? Oh. <laughs> what do you mean? I, I, I'm like... What do you mean, you people? Oh. Yeah, oh my God. 
Come on, man. No, no, I, so yeah. good, so yeah. good. So anyway, but that that is not that is not my most popular take. <laughs> <laughs> these are all listen, but it's I like being honest about these things. I like being like talk. First of all, talk things out. It's good. This is what my problem with hell was when I was in second grade. Uh, secondly, it's nice to to. We can talk. We can talk about these things without it being hostile. You have a you have a movie coming out called American Fiction. I have not seen it yet. The trailers are hysterical, uh, starring Jeffrey Wright, who, in my mind, I've never seen him do anything that isn't absolutely brilliant. Um, even even like people, he just doesn't even know. But like uh, he, everything he does, everything like I love Peoples Hernandez in Shaft. Like every single thing he 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 created an accent for that. I mean, for that role, he changed his body. Like he, the way his shoulders rolled for, I'm like, I just Egyptian cotton motherfucker. I'm like, I don't. I, he's so <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. another level. Yeah. He's, then you think of Westworld. He's so br- he's brilliant. Anyway, he's a, he's a he is a uh, black author, and they show. Um, he's like, what is black? What do people want? For whatever. And it and it's they cut to another author um, uh, reading on the stage, and this was. Um, uh, what's Isaray? What's her name? Isaray. Mm-hmm. Isaray. Yeah. yeah, it's a great. And it's Isaray, and she's like, "I'll be saying that, you know, like whatever, like that." Exactly. And then the person that shoots up in the audience is a gray-haired white lady. Shoots up and claps, and I that one shot is enough. <laughs> that I almost died. I laughed so hard. It's great. It's I thought really I was going to pass out. Yeah, that's just the trailer. Yeah, yeah. no, that's so great. it's like okay, yeah, let's talk about this. Like, why is it that? And and. Um, so yeah, once you squelch the, the people trying to make a statement about it, it from, from a position where the intent is not, uh, uh, sort of, uh, detrimental, you go, all right, it's just sometimes it can feel like, uh, throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Yes, very much so. Now he's on his period. I loved it. I loved it. And I thought it's great. And it reminds me of all the times we always talk about how women, uh, can never win and they can never win. Uh, and it reminds me of all the times where it's like, oh, you can't have a woman president because, God forbid, she'll be on her period and press the nukes button. And meanwhile, you have like uh, men running for uh, trying to get fucking, uh, fucking Trump. Supreme- like, like, let's what? just get real here. Like fucking Trump throwing a tantrum over every goddamn thing all the fucking time. Cannot control his emotions whatsoever. And not the first. Like Trump is the most recent. Fucking George W. Bush. He was a little bitch and he would just get pissed <laughs> off and go to war's places and do shit. Fucking uh lbj used to make people come into his aides his people that worked for him would make them come into the bathroom while he was taking a dump because he didn't care he was like no you come in here and you do this even though it's wildly unprofessional and i'm an asshole (laughs) i love i love that unprofessional could be used there like somehow like that's in the same like like (laughs) that gets categorized alongside not responding to email Forcing forcing your subordinates See, to come into the bathroom while you shit or blind copying the wrong people. Yeah, like, what? You, di- you didn't clear the, the printer <laughs> as often as you should have been. You just left that shit on there. And that's you how, made me watch a sh- you take yeah, a shit. That's, how, that's why you just can't have Yeah, because women were so erratic with their periods. I, I, I was going to reference a Supreme Court, a current Supreme Court justice who in their hearing was was crying and carrying on and you're like I, what a fucking oh, if this was, oh, yeah, if, this was if this was a woman what disqualifying is, anyway, so, anyway. over game yeah. over yeah yeah well they, they get disqualified before they even get up there unless they're well, i'm not gonna get into it okay so um 
So, <laughs> uh, you know what? Sorry, I got very quick rep my actual for real nerd street cred and tell you that there was an episode of the TV show Sliders, which I'm pretty sure I and possibly Jerry O'Connell's mom watched, and that was it. <laughs> Nobody else. There's an episode where they go, they slide through dimensions and the worlds are different and they're trying to get home and they go to a world where men are treated like women and women are treated like men. And one of the guys in their group looks exactly like a guy who was running as the first male candidate for president. And in order to ruin his chances so he doesn't have to be president in this world that they're not going to be in, he cries on stage and then they pretend that that would have made him win in a landslide. Because he was so willing to show his true emotions. I'm like, bitch, if you think Elizabeth Warren or Hillary Clinton or anybody else is going to get on a stage and cry and people are going to be like, oh, I'm so glad she's in touch with her emotions out of your goddamn mind. Yeah, no, that's that's that's, that's no, not at crazy. all a thing. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, but sliders actually was uh, one of the good things about when you hear about sliders. They're like, oh, it was a li- it's actually smarter than you think and a little bit ahead of its time and canceled too early is what I heard. But I, I only saw like half half of an episode. But. Well, see, you were part of the problem. If you had been staying home on Friday nights watching TV, like you're supposed to be, <laughs> not having friends. <laughs> Who was in that? Was that uh, Davies? Somebody Davies uh, from uh, Indiana Jones? I'll look him up. So he's on his period. Uh, we cut to the boys in the locker room. They're all they're all sitting around. Jamie's got his icon hat on. Isaac speaks up. He says, they're all going to go to the funeral as a team. This means, he points to people, he he says, ties, shirts, and he points at Jamie. Which is a great, I mean, they're always leaving those in there for like, we know you're real fans. We're going to give you, we'll give you a little something there. Oh, yeah. That's great. Yeah, Jamie would be in a a jacket with no no shirt. That's great. sure. And no trainers. And everybody groans, no trainers. Zoro asks, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, but what does he ask here, coach? What if they're really nice Yeezys, which made me laugh out loud. Like, I was like, (laughs) put on some shoes. But I also get it. Like, I get, like, it is so rare that I decide an occasion really merits, like, actual dress shoes. Like, if you see me in some dress shoes, like, all right, we are no longer fucking around here. Like, it is a a serious situation. Yeah, I can't remember the last time... So I, it, it, yeah. have, it would have to be like a yeah something, but right. this come this moment that follows it right. So Isaac, all right, what color? He's like, all right, I wasn't prepared for that question. You know, I'm 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 willing to hear you out. And then the roses, bright red, but the best part of it is he says it really thinking bright red is a selling point. Like he, right. he, he really, and and Sam raises his eyebrows like, huh, huh? Like I'm like, that's so funny. Like to just highlight this part of being a young man in this moment. That to them, it's like, yeah, but those are they're red Yeezys. Like not, nothing more special than that. Like how respectful can I possibly be? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, great. right, just right. Great. In a different, in a different time, this, like, it's like I'm show. This is how I'm showing. Right, no, yeah, he doesn't mean I don't give out. a shit. He's like, oh, I want to yeah. look my absolute best. Yes, yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. do you know how hard it is to write to rock bright red shoes? Like, you need a level of style in order to get Seriously. there. This is when he is showing up. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. 
that, that's, so that's Isaac deadpan. Isaac just stares at him, stone golem, and he he deflates. He's like, "All right, I'll wear some dress shoes." And Sam <laughs> Sam pats him on the shoulder, like, "Thanks for taking a shot. You took one for for the, all of us for the team." Uh, Danny Rojas says, "Where do you get dress shoes?" Um, and Colin, this is fantastic. This is a really yeah. smart yeah, yeah, insight. Yeah. yeah, it's he says, "What, coach?" I don't have time to stand in line at midnight and wait till morning to buy new shoes. Which again, that is what this is yeah. to these guys. Yes. Like you mean we gotta yes. buy special shoes? I mean, that's what we do for special. I just thought that's how you get yeah. that's where that's yeah. from whence special shoes yeah. spring. I mean, what do you think? Like <laughs> Zoro just walked in 354 on some Wednesday afternoon and got bright red Yeezys? I think not. Like you got to get in line, brother. And Jamie uh, from Manchester says, you don't have to do that for shoes like this, mate. For the shoes like these, mate. Nobody wants them. This was such a simple... It was such a simple joke to set up. And, you know, we'll talk about where it goes from here. That it really struck me as brilliant. Like, it was totally appropriate to what's going on. I believed it because of the characters. It's actually um, real a real palate cleanser. I mean, so far we know like somebody's father died. For sure. So God, yeah. like, God damn. Like, like, doesn't get much heavier than that. So like, I just thought it was such a brilliant move to have this as a through line. And it wasn't just off in the distance that we cut to it, but that it was woven into what was going on. So anyway. I, you, you get the feeling in the writer's room, they were talking and they're like, all right, what happens when you go to a funeral and someone was like, oh, I just hate you have to wear. Yes. It's like the only time in my whole life I have to wear shoes. Yep. You know what I mean? You just have that feeling and then they ran with it. But but it was appropriate. You're right. It, it, it softens the mood a little bit. It gives you a little insight into these guys. It's funny because these are professional athletes. What percentage of their life would they ever have had to wear real like real shoes uh to the point where they don't know that they exist you don't have to do that for shoes like these mate nobody wants them it was shot low by the way i really like yeah. the shot that they used yeah. um looking up um at uh at jamie and he's just like oh god like it's just like a, like it's a it's an eternal truth is that nobody nobody wants these shoes um it's just great and and the guys are listening um Bummer catches in the background. People are nodding. Furrowed brow. Like, what? what yeah, furrowed what brow. Shoes Danny, are these? Danny Ross. What's happening? Yeah. Yeah. Like, sho- like shoes. Like, it's totally foreign foreign to these guys. Um, I, I want to call something out. You, you mentioned it here. I thought it was cool in the, in the opening shot with Rebecca and Sam in bed, a couple other things. The direction here, um, we have MJ Delaney in this episode, written by Jane Becker, which I also think some of the elements that come up that a woman wrote the episode is interesting to me. But a lot of interesting use of camera angles. Like even this next shot we go to where we like kind of move up this gate it adds height to the gate, sort of like, Oh, this is where Rebecca, you know what I mean? Like this is the home we're going to where Rebecca grew. Okay. So it signals a lot of things. I felt like throughout this episode, well, the camera movement really helped tell the story. I agree with you coach. And and there's ways to do establishing shots, right? The, the standard way uh-huh. is a certain like eye level, medium shot right and you're and you're it's a locked off shot it's just locked yep static and static establish static. this you might have somebody walk through frame to give it motion or you might you know like a you know like a pedestrian or, you know there's ways to do it 
but this one, um, it's funny, uh, in, in, uh, Shawshank Redemption, there's a great camera movement scene when Andy Dufresne arrives at Shawshank and, um, as he's walking into the prison, the, the camera tilts up to look straight up, but you don't have that shot very much. Uh, I, I almost can't think of another one where, mm. where a subjective camera goes straight up mm-hmm. and as he enters the prison, the sky goes away. Mm. And I remember seeing a, an interview with, with Frank Darabont where the director, writer-director, who said um, they all did that when they went in. He's like, I noticed that every one of us, when we went in, mm. we just looked up right at that moment. And so they turn it into a shot. It, it, it puts you in the scene. Now, with this establishing shot with, with uh, Rebecca's child at home, you you're exactly right coach you you start with a lower shot and you rise up to accentuate the height of the gate to 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 accentuate the fact that this is a gated community this is a uh elite like almost castle i mean it's got that vibe to it i mean you shall not pass man like this this yeah no that's a thing right Mm -hmm. right very true wrought iron gate um and uh Walk us through this scene, boss. We have Rick Astley uh, singing oh, Never Gonna Give You Up. Yeah. It, uh, uh, God bless the internet for creating Rick Rolling because it allowed me to find out that uh, Rick Astley, the person, is actually maybe uh, not that bad. Specifically, he did uh, Never Gonna Give You Up with Foo Fighters not too long ago. And that was awesome. The, I mean, really? on the Foo Fighters for that. Oh, no, no, yeah. no. Rick Astley is like, he's doing all kinds of things. He's like great. And, and he is, he's like showing up all over the place, doing all kinds huh. of things, playing drums for different bands. Like, no, he's yeah. like super fun. Oh, great. And that was like, that was right during the pandemic. He had this, the Rickassance or something like that. That's funny. Where he just was everywhere and seems like a wonderful guy. And um, yeah, no, it's really, it's interesting because, because even little kids can identify like brick rolling tunes. Yeah. You know, you're mm-hmm. like, Oh wow. That's, mm-hmm. that's really interesting. Anyway, keep going. Bro. Yeah. It, I mean, it's like if Charlie bit my finger became like a huge humanitarian, like it's just fucking weird that these are the times we live in. Uh, but so we are in Rebecca's bedroom and it's actually panning down from her wall, like showing this, this is her bedroom at, from when she was a teenager. Like it hasn't been updated since mm-hmm. she left to go to mm-hmm. university. Um, I was trying to figure out who the guy on the horse was in the poster in the background. Can't figure it out. It is oh, not. I think, I think it's, um, yeah, go ahead. It's not who. Well, it is not Devin Sawa or Jonathan Taylor Thomas, because I was very familiar with all of their tiger beats and this was not one of them. No, I think it's I uh, my this. first, I don't I know. Just I'm just, it. I was just looking at the still image here. I think it's um from the blue lagoon, uh, Christopher Atkins. Oh. Is that his name? Actually, oh. age wise, that, 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 that would that could can make... you look up? Can you look up Blue Lagoon, boss? Who's in the? Yeah, what's yeah, his name? Yeah. Christopher, not oh. Atkins. Christopher. Uh, yeah, I'll check that in a second. Yeah. Also, um, before I forget, it's uh, John Reese Davies is the name I was trying to come up with. Gimli in Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, Salah on uh, in Salah. Indiana Jones. Salah in Indiana Jones. Yeah, run. Yeah. Oh my god, so man! Good. I should rewatch that movie. Famous please. movie. Yeah. Uh, so, um, <laughs> hey, man. Uh, so, uh, Rebecca in bed is shouting, oh, this fucking song, mother, turn it off. Deborah's shouting, hang on, hang on. I can't hear you. And she says, of course you can't fucking hear me because the song is so loud. And then as she's coming in, uh, she says, what did you want? 
Rebecca says, why are you playing that song? Obviously, she isn't, though, because she doesn't know what you're talking about. Uh, Rebecca says, why the fuck are you playing that song? And she says, uh, I love this song. Uh, it makes me feel happy. I wake up and I, I just put it on and it makes me feel happy. And Rebecca's saying, well, you shouldn't feel happy today. So I like already it felt like obviously the day that you bury your parent isn't going to be a good one. But Rebecca is not prepared for this. I, I This exchange I thought was incredibly important in terms of their relationship. Well, first of all, this is from my own work. Whenever I start hearing the word should, like I know there's like there's some bullshit afoot, right? Like somebody's bullshitting themselves or the people around them. That's just my, that has to be true for other people. But I know when I start saying what I should do, I'm usually on some level full of shit, either something I really don't want to do and I feel compelled to do or whatever it is, but it's not just like my authentic choice to do a thing. That's should. And so immediately that's a flag for me whenever I hear people say should. So you shouldn't feel happy today struck me as a very specific way to express that. And then, though, the response, you should feel happy every day, Rebecca. Do, you know, I don't I don't agree with that either. I'm like, I'm not I, I'm probably in the best emotional state I've been in my entire life. And actually, spe- I remember specifically saying to my therapist, my goal is not happiness. Mm-hmm. I said, my goal is calm. I just want to mm-hmm. feel like steady on my feet and I'll be happy some days. I, I'll be the, sad some other days, but I want to feel steady on my. So to me, the idea that you I, should I, I'm be in the best happy, emotional. Sorry, go ahead. I'm in the best emotional place in my, in my whole life. And I'm happy like four and a half percent of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> maybe five. This is what high water like, like, Right, right. <laughs> no, no, I mean, no. Listen, yeah, no, you should. I think we glossed over the fact that boss, she says, I like to have it playing in every room in the house. When I wake up that song, I was like, Oh God damn. So it's about you. I'm, I'm like, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. who else is in the house. I'm no, no wonder the husband checks out sometimes. I'm like, I'd be like, can we play? You know what I mean? Like also, why does it playing? It's why, same song? why does playing it where you are not? It's almost like, like the spirit of the song, like infuses, Yes. happiness right like if you like if my alarm goes off and it plays my favorite song i think that's different than having like the house pa system blasting whatever song it is like even yeah, if i were there sure. alone i would think that yeah you see what it, i mean just because it, yes that 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 then it's less about hearing the song and more about the song being present right it's the like song being yeah the, it's yes. like the song's a character now yeah. in this you know welcome back song you know anyway Listen, yes. I think it's I think it's great if people are happy every day. It's not realistic, so maybe this is aspirational. You're you're hundred. I love what you said about should. By the way, coach, I don't want to gloss over that. Yeah. I think that's good, and I think people should listen and think about that in their own lives because it happens all the time, and people miss. They walk right by. Well, no, you should do that. Uh, I should because it always means like according to right. that's and like, that's yes, it, yes yes. It's a shorthand where we don't have to say because we would all feel more comfortable if you. Or because we've all decided yes. that parents right. are yep. always right. Or because we've all, right? It always has that. But you don't, part of the key is not saying the other part. So it just becomes like, yeah, you should do that, don't you know? Yeah. I think especially when you're talking about something that you believe somebody else should yes. do. Because then the unsaid part of that is, 
uh, you should take me out to dinner or else I'm going to be pissed at you or else I'm going to be unhappy with you. And I think that both of them are talking past that. What they're saying is your emotional state is wrong. You should be the same as my emotional state. Yes. Instead of saying you and I are coming at this from different perspectives. Right. Because she said, you should feel happy every day, Rebecca. Do you want to talk Mm -hmm. about that? They both, as you point out, like Rebecca could have said, well, I don't feel happy today or I shouldn't Mm -hmm. feel happy today. And as well, Deborah could have said, well, I try to feel happy every day, Rebecca. And it'd be a far healthier, clearer conversation. But it's right what you just said, which is I'm imposing that you're wrong because you're not matching me. We've Um, called out Deborah's narcissism before. And, and this is, you know, this is very me centric and, um, I'm ha- I am happy. I don't need to talk about anything. You know, the old Rebecca used to love that song. I was like, isn't that funny how they worked in mm-hmm. old Rebecca? And that means a different like thing. Such a, now old yeah. Rebecca is young. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly. Old Rebecca is young Rebecca, but not, right. not Bex. Right. Um, the whole world used to love that song. Then we heard it at ad nauseum and now we're over it. Rebecca says, well, I don't work that way. Once I love something, I love it forever. Well, oh, and you know, I don't want to overdo it, but Rebecca describes a coming of age moment right there, and I, I think it's deeply significant. But like the whole, you know what I mean? She's like, you know, it's, we were talking about church earlier. You know, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. Right? Like she's like, yeah, that was then. Like I also don't wear parachute pants anymore. It's over. <laughs> Yeah, very, very true. You know, you can change. Oh, go ahead, Ross. Sorry, but not to time travel too much, but because of something that we find out later in the episode, it's also that the song was good and then it was ruined for her in the same way that Mm -hmm. what she associates with that song she loved and then that was ruined for her also. So this is not just that she doesn't like the song, but she doesn't like what the song reminds Mm -hmm. her of. Mm hmm. Interesting. Yeah, good point, boss. Yeah. Um, okay, you know, you can change this room to whatever you want. You don't need to keep it like this for me, says says Rebecca. No, it reminds me of when we were close. I want it that way. Um, which suggests I they're no longer close, but uh, Yes. Was that intentional? Uh, yes. I think it was intentional. I, hope so. I didn't hear it until you just said it. I was like, oh my god, they dropped another reference into the dialogue. That's it. Yeah, right? I mean, we do going, boy coach. band Keep shit. Going. Like, I'm not wrong, right? Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Can you just also, say the tell me why part, please? <laughs> tell me why. I, oh, my God. <laughs> I couldn't. You could have a you could have a German Luger to my head and say, <laughs> sing those three words. And I couldn't do it. That is, that is a that's oh, oh, I, I love it. I want everybody to know, unironically, I love the Backstreet Boys. Oh, really? I fucking yeah i love them i genuinely like i purchased and listened to black and blue their album that came out after the one with i went that way a lot i could i could recite for you get another boyfriend right now it fucking slaps i still love that can i tell you you could have won so much goddamn money off of me (laughs) if you were like list a hundred musical acts and if you guess the one that we're about to say about boss i would have 100 percent lost my money really i fucking i fucking love them the one their song the one also yeah. off this album yeah. i believe millennium 
it fucking it's so good. They have some good. They, listen, if it's good, if it's good, it's good. If you can take yourself out of right, it, right, right, right. This is the thing. we've tried to destigmatize boy bands because there's some good in sync songs, yeah, yeah, some yeah. good Backstreet Boys songs, and then they just end up in the in our like family play. So once upon a time, it would be like me playing playlists in the car or something, mm. and then the kids got older and they're like, hey, can we? Like a joint playlist, and we were like, "Yeah, that's a good idea." So now it's like all these—you mm-hmm. know—it's a compilation of all this different stuff, and uh, most of it's Juliana. She likes the boy bands quite a bit. She'll throw those in. She's like, "They just make you feel good." I don't know why you wouldn't want. Yeah, that. That's a lot of Deborah. It sounds like Deborah, but you know, it's that—it's that thing. Right, right. Like I can't help but enjoy, or shake my shoulders or whatever when I hear it. So it just kind of helps puts me in. I—I I think. Wow, this is so so. A couple of things come up for me. One is, um, and I was just watching a TED talk. If I can, I'm sure I can find it. I will find it and I will share it in the community. But the whole idea of, and it was my own child, Maya, who put me onto this of how we like consistently diminish whatever women slash girls like, and. It really is like when you really walk and in this TED talk, I mean, it's not like a spoiler to TED talk, but in this TED talk, the woman talks about like at first when she started to study this stuff, she thought like, oh, yeah, why do people like these ridiculous bands and why are these women screaming like lunatics and then compared it to pictures of similarly aged dudes at sporting events. And I was like, oh, wow. Like you know, yeah. like it 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 really highlights like how we can build. That's just the... go ahead. One of them is awesome, and one of them sucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's really fascinating that like, oh, if girls and women like it, then it must be trivial and stupid and silly. But the fact that someone just scored a goal and my you know my compatriot here is weeping real tears. That's you know that's normal and healthy and totally appropriate. It's it's, it's anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We don't, mean, to, we don't need to dig, dig into it any any deeper. That's that's yes, yeah, no, 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 that's about the right way to be. It well, no, and uh, like I okay. So number one, I don't like most movies because I'm an asshole. That's me. But even though I do not generally seek out rom coms, those are not for me. I still think it's absolute fucking bullshit that people are like, oh, Catherine Heigl or Anne Hathaway, whoever's making rom coms now. Um, uh. Fucking what's her face? Uh god damn it. Meg, why Ryan. am I not remembering Meg Ryan? Meg Ryan, yeah. Jesus Christ, Meg Ryan making a uh uh a return to us. Mm-hmm. They are not for me, but people do not talk shit about the fast and the furious, which is rom coms for men. Oh, rom coms for men. All buddy, all buddy movies are all it's a hundred percent. Like that is I how mean, you can I feel close. I make well, fun yeah, of them. I mean mercy you got to make fun of them a little bit but like not they are not mocked in the same way when there was a commercial that i saw once where i thought what i was seeing was a car being dropped out of the plane so like it had a parachute obviously they're not maniacs but a car being dropped (laughs) out of the plane right i mean exactly and i'm pretty sure that i saw tyrese shift in midair and i'm like well that's not going to get anything done that's not going to do anything. It's going to it's going to be cool. <laughs> it's not going to make you go faster. What the fuck? It's not. I mean, what? like being in fourth gear is not right. going to make as you as you grow you know. Right, right. <laughs> but either way, we don't mock those in the same it's way. It's an air clutch. No. Except for me. No, I, but I think I think it's I think it's significant generally and I'm glad we've touched on it, but I also think it's significant in the context of this episode. I, the the 
the patriarchy is, if not a character in this episode, certainly very much a part of the scenery and the backdrop of this episode. Oh. And, I, and I and I think there are a few ways that that shows up, and we'll talk about it. But so I, I think this moment of I like my little poppy, silly song with the man yes. voice that makes me feel maybe a little bit tingly. And, you know, fuck the rest of you. I'm still going to listen to it. I still like it. Um, yeah. Anyway, I think I think that's OK. It's, it's, it's As a rule, people should listen to whatever the hell they want to. Absolutely. The kids always talk about yucking each other's yums. Yes. It's like, just let let people like whatever the fuck they I like. like. If it I, doesn't- I like that phrase, by the way. I was introduced yeah. to that phrase probably by a Gen Z or and thought like exactly. Someday yeah. we'll discuss yeah. the fact that I'm a fan of low. Yeah, I said it. That man can sing. The fan of who? Really? A fan of low. Barry Manilow. That motherfucker can sing. Oh, oh no, no, I love. He can sing. No, Barry's classic. Oh, okay, because I'm for real. I'm not kidding right now. Oh no, no, no. I am for real. He can sing. Like I'm like say whatever else you want. The music might whatever. Okay. That motherfucker. He does flare his nostrils when he sings. (laughs) Yes, but still, (laughs) he can sing. That dude can sing. Daphne thinks that's like the funniest shit ever. She just cannot believe that Orlando Bishop. Like I still like at least twenty five years after because she knew it when we were married. It still, it still cracks her up that I love Barry Manilow singing. I uh, all right. So this is this is your Backstreet Boys. Yeah. I never would have guessed. That. I, mean, I absolutely never would have guessed that. Yeah, absolutely not. Number two, I don't want to knock Barry Manilow whatsoever. I just want everybody to know. Sometimes you get those jokes, and you can't. Even though years later, you're like, well, that's not really funny. Um, one time, my father did say, like, he heard the song. And he was like, oh, wait, who is this? Oh, it's barely man enough. And I know that that isn't actually funny. I know that it's not. Wow. And I don't want anybody That's to laugh That's got dad joke it. all over it and also all but the things. Yeah. All the things. I know that it's not funny still, but every once in a while I'm like, oh, wait, he made that joke. Like, for real. Like, he yeah. he dadded it up. Yeah. He put on his big dad pants. Yeah. And he was like, I'm going to tell the daddest joke that ever dad. Yeah. It's not that good. But it is the first thing that I think about every single time I hear Barry Manilow. But it's funny. So watch out, parents. Your kids are listening. No, that's great. And But generationally, it's probably very close to what we've been describing, right? Like, he had no, he would have had no yes, reason to have absolutely. a beef with the Backstreet Boys. Like, what does he fucking care at that point? But when he was, when he was at that stage. Yes, yes. You exactly. see what I'm saying? This so, is exactly right. Really interesting. Barely Manilow. Wow. People, yeah, Barely man. I don't like it. I don't like no. it. No. I don't like you it. Don't have it, to. it reminds me of we had to talk, I think, in season one about what were appropriate drinks for men to drink. We were talking yes. about that. Like, yep. Yep. Remember that? 100%. And coach had a blue. I, yes. Coach was like, I'll have a blue Hawaii. That's right. right? And then That's right. it's the whole, and it's that whole thing. And I remember, like, so I grew up with a older brother who was gay, but in the closet. And so he was really conflicted about the music he would listen to. Mm. And so I was like, as you know how it trickles down through the kids. And I was listening to his music and I'm like, I just don't like like his. So I had this like I was sort of picking and choosing, and I liked Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow was big back then, and I was like, he's really good. I could sing every song on the radio; it sounded great. I I never grew up. I never thought like it's like when Coach says "Black Kid from Flatbush," but you went to Poly Prep, and what was the band? That you're like, I have a weird, a surprising knowledge of like, is it? Oh, you it's the Joshua yeah, Tree right. album. Yep. Yeah, like I Joshua know that Tree, album, yeah. and right. I look I. Love that fucking album. Yeah. Yeah. I, You know, one of the things that mentioning that 
being worried about your sexuality being exposed through music or not liking things that are manly and right, right, or whatever right, right. else. Um, one of the things that I laugh about constantly is how people for a very long time believed that both, when they stated it, when they said it, believed that both Liberace and Elton John were straight men. That I somehow mean, all of the shit that on, they were doing, come I, the I, fuck. That, that it is, just flew under the radar. It, it, I mean, it's, I know, it's I know. insanity. And I think, I think. Wait, Elton John's gay? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> whoa, whoa. What? <laughs> Hold up. It's, it's so wild. And I guess, it, it, like, I understand that there are exceptions that reinforce the standard rule, but it's the same way that, uh, God rest his soul, Prince would jump on stage in high heels in purple jumpsuits, sometimes with his ass hanging out, like obviously trying to play with gender and like play around with the norms and everything else. And what people thought was that guy's a fucking stud. I'll bet you he bangs real good to women, two women only. Like there are these examples in pop culture that are just phenomenal to me. Like the way that we play with some of these things. I know, I know what, but by and large, we don't do a great job. But every once in a while, it's like, no, we're all going to believe Liberace is straight. And there's a bit of it. I'm, I'm glad you brought that that dynamic up because, you know, there are all sorts of stories. You know, Luther Vandross stories. I mean, there's stories, and that's fine. And But it's almost like it, it speaks to what the closet really is sometimes. Yes. It's don't make me deal with it. It's not actually don't be gay. Yes. Right. Yeah. And I think yep. it's it's well, don't I mean, make me deal with it because you know it is like you you just know it. You may hate it. You may discourage you, but you know it exists. Like the, like I had someone who who uh, uh, came here from uh, Haiti, one of Daphne's family members, and they said to me that in Haiti when he was growing up there were no gay people, and I didn't stop him because I wasn't gonna have that fucking conversation. But I was like. I can tell you, never having been to fucking Haiti, that that is just not true. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just yes. not motherfucking true. So y- y'all work My it friend, out have you ever of heard way. of statistics? Yeah, I mean, like, there's just no way. But th- that idea of, like, even when people say, oh, there was no gender bending, I'm like, a- the 80s yeah, yeah. was 10 years of gender bending. Just to be clear. Yes. Just yeah. to be clear. So what are we talking about? Yeah. You know, anyway. Yeah. Um, I, we can move on. This is not the point of the episode whatsoever. But the fact that you said it is not about being gay, it's about not making people who want to continue being uncomfortable with other with gay people. Mm-hmm. They want to not have to deal with it. Um, I have mentioned Angels in America before. Jeffrey Wright is in it. He's fucking oh, amazing. Yeah. There point. is a fantastic speech that Al Pacino as Roy Cohn, an actual real life lawyer and conservative in the 1980s gives about how he is not a gay man. He is a straight man who has sex with men. That was a and thing. That's all about. Yes. Yes. All about his identity as like, yes. I am a powerful person. I am a powerful man. I have the president's phone number. Like, you cannot tell me that I am gay. I am a straight man and I have sex with men. That, and so, yes, like all that, that shit. That became a huge... I took a class called... I may have already told y'all this, but I took a class my freshman year called AIDS and Society, because, mostly because there's a science requirement at Yale. And I was like, if you think I'm walking up science, it'll take a fucking chemistry class. You are crazy. <laughs> 
so I found, you know, my 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 ways to get into that. I almost said my back doorway, but then I was like, let's not do this. Um, so so <laughs> let's not. Um, but it but that was when I was introduced to that concept in that class, and it was actually a big part of developing and figuring out. Um, AIDS policy and HIV prevention and all of it because there was this whole, and you know, over the years it's become, you are talking about people who are on the down low and whatever, but this idea of like men who have sex with men but who don't consider themselves gay. And then, and then it's also warped because then at that point in my life I had my own bullshit going on, so I was of the Andrew Dice Clay, which is clearly who you want you know, Molding oh, your yeah. child's yeah, morality, yeah, yeah. obviously. That's but, but, that, that gender relations. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. It's like Steinem, Bell Hooks, Dice Clay. Like that's that's the way that, <laughs> that's the way that list goes. Put him on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> yeah. But no, but I remember him distinctly and I remember repeating it because of learning in this class about men who have sex with men but who are not gay. Um, you either suck dick or you do not suck dick. And I remember like Really, you know what I mean? So all of it's so warped and weird. Um and and but always around my from- comfort. That line is it's from one of his stand-ups. I forgot, like whatever, but he was Well no no, but it's also his line of clerks like you suck one day. You know, you can Oh you, yeah, 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 yeah. You suck yeah, one you dick. Suck one dick yeah, yeah, yeah. and now you're getting now you're getting, right, right, right. I forgot but it's a really it's a fat anyway, Coach, the whole thing I find. We shouldn't have to we shouldn't have to respect other people's sexuality. <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> we shouldn't. We there, should. Wait, but I will say there are some. There is me. And mine is straight disrespectful and should be like it's. It, everybody should be uncomfortable with me. I love it. I I God. I love I, that you, you said that, on. and I love that you mean it. I love all of it. <laughs> I, like it's not like that was a. That's not a bit. That's not a bit. That's that is pure uncut boss. Let's do it. I want it that way. Now I know what song to play next. Uh, says Deb. Suddenly sassy. Oh, I guess we could have waited one line and we would have known that it was absolutely intentional. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Um, rolls over uh, onto Rebecca's porch. She just roll. She just flops like a, like a perch onto <laughs> over the wrought iron railing of Rebecca's porch uh, and says, good morning, stinky. And it, um, it's so funny because I was not always the biggest fan of sassy and then coming back to watch this, I was just like, man, I'm, I'm like kind of crazy about Sassy. Yeah, I'm like, she, she's you were just, wrong. Yeah, I was wrong. I, I, I don't know what it was about her, um, but but she's sort of throughout the course of the thing. She beca- We talk a lot on Wayne. We talk about uh, justice porn mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, sort of mm-hmm. wish fulfillment. And Sassy's the one character where I'm like, I think it's because I was I was I've always found her almost too good to be true we don't ever get enough mm. uh, depth with sat you know what i mean we don't she we don't dig into sassy as much but she's like the coolest well, friend does. the most welcoming person right oh coach i don't use <laughs> thank you thank you but like what like when ted is about to fuck up she's like oh god no like and she calls herself fucked up and she and she's just like she's always right on every so it feels inauthentic to me. She's she's wildly successful, right? 
also completely comfortable in her own body, sexually mm-hmm. open, mm-hmm. Uh, honest to a to, not to a fault, honest to the perfect level, mm-hmm. uh, amazing at everything, really good mom, um, dr- dr- like can drop haymakers. The point is, yeah, Sassy is just sort of great at everything. But when I see her walking here, um, what the hell are you thinking? Rebecca says, I just want to see if I could still do it. Those Tracy Anderson uh, workouts are having the right effect. Nora, hurry up. I'm like, God damn. She's like, she she could have walked in the front door, but she's but she, well, she, well, she she makes an entrance. That I will say, always. Dear God. She yeah. always makes an entrance. And I, one thing I, I thought about her here, and I used to, um, I didn't study, study it, but I, I've looked into stuff about neuro-linguistic programming. Uh, but at any rate, you talk about people being either auditory or, and and it struck me that Sassy is profoundly kinesthetic. And she's, you know, she's the one, when she talks about- Which means, which means what? Like she's about her body and her movement. Like that's the number one way in which she experiences the world around her. And so when she, like, when she talks about having met Ted, she's like, you know, tell me more about, uh, Ted, I just want to ride his little mustache. Like, like she's always referencing that piece of like ex- of uh, of experiencing people and very comfortable with it. Like, it's not the most graceful end to her climb. Like, I'm sure when she was a teenager doing that, it, it ended a little more with <laughs> a little less flop. But she's like, I did it, still got it. Yeah, no, she. Pu- I mean, she pulls it off. She looks great doing it, like she always does. Um, you know, I want to see if I can do it. We hear Nora yell, I'm taking my time and being careful, which is so funny and actually pretty clever if you're a parent in this day and age where you're like, yeah, like I've I mentioned before, like I have, I have like preposterously good, quote unquote, good kid. Like, I'm like, will you, I offered my son $50 to get detention. If you get in trouble, I'll give you $50 cash. Really Just funny. get detention. He's like, I know it'll never happen. He'll never do it. And so I know, and I'm like, these kids, they don't, they don't drive as, as early as we do. They don't date as early as we did. They don't, it's just really interesting. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, they're much smarter than we were. And so they're aware of how dangerous the world is. And so Nora's going to take her time and be careful, which is, we just weren't programmed like this. So interesting. Um, when I was your age, I could do this in seconds while drunk, by the way. I, and, and I wouldn't typically say this in front of my friend's mom but she's like i don't yeah she's like i am what i am you know what mm-hmm. i mean like i am sassy and that's you know florence darling it's been ages um i, I don't know wait florence oh that's sassy's name Flo. florence flow yeah florence. Right, right. florence right i haven't heard her yeah you know, florence darling um so yeah deb thanks for coming she says uh her and nora are there for her whenever they need um isn't that right, Nora? And then what do we hear, boss? Oh, oh, she's falling off the wall. She's being, this is the problem with being careful, Nora. If you're taking your time and being careful, you're going to fall. You just got to sprint up there. There's something to that. Yeah. There's something to yeah, that. Bam. Yeah. They, if you, yeah, she doesn't, she looks before she leaps and uh, ends up, ends up on her back. Uh, mm-hmm. Three of them rush over to the balcony and she's laying on the ground on the, on the grass uh, but she says she's totally fine, and everybody laughs, and we are out. Um, well, 
I mean, sa- listen, Sassy, who said it, coach or what do you said? She knows how to make an entrance. I mean, it's really, she just is delightful. Um, and we're going to get to some scenes in this where I was like, wow. Oh, some extraordinary scenes. Oh, right? Some you know, where you're oh. just, I'm like, like I, I'm so uh, enamored of her, of like the, just the way she, I'm like, I could never get through the world that way. I could never navigate it that way. It, it's so fascinating. Um, uh, I, I was I'm reading this, one of my favorite books. Um, there's this line in there where they equate kindness to weakness. And, and I was like, wait, what? And, and it was basically like, you cannot, the, the concept that the author puts out is everybody's a shit. Everybody's it's, uh, people are can sometimes be exhausted by morally gray characters being like everything now in in novels. You know, it's sometimes it's it's refreshing to find a character that's one way or the other because so many main characters or so many ancillary characters are morally gray because we've realized, like Ted, hey, we're all a little bit good, we're all a little bit bad. You know, nobody's really the sheriff of Nottingham. Um, right, right. But there's there's this perception that you can't trade on the kind side of the spectrum. So in this one scene, um, a woman and a man uh, are are sort of on the lamb and they have a safe house in another city. They go to the safe house and they find out that there's been a family squatting in the safe house. So the woman's instinct is right away, we got to kill him. This is like a sort of a, this is like in wartime kind of thing, right? Like it's it's a treacherous situation. It's not regular like, oh, you know, they're just living in a suburb of Chicago. Let's kill everybody. But it's like in the middle of a medieval ages sort of war. And her instinct is like, we got to kill these people. And the guy with her is like kind, much kinder than her. And he's like, listen, let's have them. We'll live up on the top floor. They need, we're going to throw them out in the cold. Like it's wartime. Like they're going to die. We'll pay them. Let's pay them to guard the house. Like to, if somebody comes looking for us, they can be the first line of defense and we'll give them a little money. We have money. We have a house, you know, like, yes, it's our house. Yes. They did. They, they, you know, Mm -hmm. transgressed, but Mm -hmm. let's turn lemons into lemonade this is what coach castleton would do in the situation and of course boss would have been the the i'm saying in this situation I'm not saying boss is advocating killing anyone. it turns out that the people figure out that they can get the house and the reward by turning in the people upstairs so they flip and they turn in the people and she and and the the guy learns the lesson that kindness and weakness are the same thing Kindness and mercy. That's sorry. That's the exact quote. Kindness and mercy are the same. Oh uh, uh, no, weakness and mercy are the same thing. Right. Uh, right and I right. thought, wow, this is so interesting. And and why are we talking about this? Because um, I have ADHD. Yeah. No, I think um, <laughs> number one, I like everything that you just said. Number two, you're actually wrong. There is no chance that I would murder that family because she fucked up when somebody else knew where her safe house was. You don't go to a safe house with somebody. You have a safe house. If you need to bring them, you can. But the fact that he knew where her safe house was to begin with gave him a say when she shouldn't have been fucking around with that shit to begin with. Nobody would have known where my safe house is. Ah, yeah. No, that's good. That's good. I like that. Oh, the reason I talked about it was because we it, we were talking about the later scene where Sassy sort of is just like unabashedly, brutally honest with someone. And I'm like, wow, that's just like, it's, a, it's just another way to go. <laughs> like, And I, that's why when I'm thinking about this character, when I was like, I cannot understand a world where mercy and weakness are the same thing. I'm like, I, 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 but again, just like, just like the NPC that ditched me in the video game, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. there's all kinds, takes all kinds. It, it, 
it, it's it's interesting, you know, the, the 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 mercy and weakness point, because I had the thought, like I have, I didn't know the story you were telling, but I thought the problem is we don't know them to trust them, and so it's interesting that's what ended up being like what went wrong in the story or what have you. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't. I like to think that I've got it sorted out and I know exactly when to be merciful and I know exactly when to not be merciful, but it's, it is more, com- it is complicated, right? I mean, ultimately turns out maybe you should have killed him. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Um, I, ha- I hate that. Well, that. This is, this is how the author, that's how his worldview is. His worldview is everybody's a shit. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Even the best people in the world are, narcissists even like very very rarely do you see anyone of any moral turpitude right. uh in his in his novels which is kind of you know it's it's he's a brilliant writer so it's fine but it's also you know you, you want you do want to unfortunately coach you, what, the way you say it it's situational and you have to be able to right. have a, a good read and who who teaches you to read people we always come i at least i always come back and say who teaches anyone these things okay maybe right. If you have good enough parents, you know, maybe you see, see enough of the world. Maybe it's the opposite of keeping your kids safe, which is what we talked about. Maybe the the sooner you launch them out there into the world, the sooner they clue into how the way mm-hmm. the world actually really works. And then they mm-hmm. build up that skill set quicker. I mean, mm-hmm. it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, I cannot. God bless you. God bless you so hard. The fact that you were like, how are you going to teach your kids to know when they're supposed to murder a homeless family? It's you got to be a good enough parent that you can teach them that you need to be kind and loving to your children so that they know when to spring the dagger. Going to be a hell of a, you think I've taught them when to kill a homeless family. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. On that note, uh, that's, that's going to, we're going to, we're gonna slide our chips into the middle of the table today. Um, <laughs> uh, boss, where do people find you if they want to find you? Oh boy, um, you can still contact me through Twitter, but I am not there very often. Um, but at both Twitter and Blue Sky, it is dumbly underscore chambers. If you look for me there. Also, I've been on threads. If you're on threads, you could find me. It should just be Emily Chambers. But yeah, I, I see you on threads a little bit now. I'm on threads a little bit. I'm trying it. I accidentally opened the threads app instead of the Blue Sky app and just started posting. And then once I realized I was on the other one, I was like, oh, well, I live here now. Um, so those places. Uh, also, writing for The Antagonist um, today, hopefully trying to get a couple of things out. One about Jeremy Allen White and his underpants. And two... Of the Netflix show Bodies. So if either one of those are an interest to you, go to the antagonist, antagonistblog.com. Great stuff. What about you, coach? Uh, I want folks who come through We Align. That's our online community for uh, my coaching firm, uh, Align Performance. And it's at wealign.alignp.com. We're going to be doing a lot of new stuff this year. Um, in addition to getting the podcast out and all that, we're going to be we're going to have a course that's going to be available soon on our whole system for defining the line and getting unstuck. We're going to really try to try to uh, move this thing forward and grow it and help folk to get their lives where they want them to be. So come through, check it out, and uh, I look forward to seeing you there. 
Thank you, Coach. And thank you, everyone, for listening, for spending this time with us, for joining us in this exploration of Ted Lasso Season 2, Episode 10, No Weddings and a Funeral. We will be back next time with Part 2. Please uh, tip your baristas. Oh, no, what do I usually say? I say support your local libraries. Support the written word. And the written word. Support your local libraries and the written word. Um, And um, until next time, we are. Richmond. Richmond. Two we fix yeah. you up. <laughs> uh, that's a good way to go out. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. The TedCast is a joint venture between Pajiba and the Antagonist. Visit us at pajiba.com and antagonistblog.com.